The following program is rated TVMALV. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. go bar flies welcome to the bar fly tailgate show you already know it's done by bar flies for bar flies and all the other bears fans out there what's going on fellas the season came to a wrap last week early as usual and uh i'm a bit heartbroken over it but uh we'll talk we'll wrap all that up and talk a little bit about we have a we have an opening in our coaching staff uh so uh, we'll talk about that and more, more than one, though, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. We got a few. Yeah. Yeah. One major one, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about the the guys who we know they've at least asked to interview, and and maybe some guys that we don't know whether they have or not. But uh, how's your week going, Tooch? What's going on, brother? Well, the question on everybody's mind is: Did Jordan Silvera have his coffee today? I know I look like shit. Fellas. I'm sorry. I'm always exhausted. I'm always exhausted. I'm doing all right. Had a big day uh, yesterday with uh, Chiefs minus four and a half. My top play and Wisconsin Badgers the other top play. So uh, happy clients. Uh, and then uh, you know, looking forward to watching. You know, some we got we got two NFC Central teams playing today. You know, we have to see how the uh, see how the other half of the division stacks up in the in the wild card playoffs but uh you know uh yesterday talking about uh, uh the texans you really saw how uh you know we we're going to get all the cj stroud justin fields comparisons after yesterday already got you know it. they're all out there uh but for people who think that coaching doesn't matter you just have to take a look at the texans and cj stroud and bobby slowick uh and D'Amico ryan's because they they had a great game plan for the Browns and Joe Flacco. And, you know, Flacco, he made some plays, made some great throws. You know, he, he threw guys open and stuff. But, you know, their defense couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. the pass rush wasn't there. Uh, and then, you know, he had the frozen uh, uh, Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, it was all Chiefs. You know, the the, uh, uh, the Dolphins couldn't overcome the, uh, uh, injuries on the defense. So, but we got a lot of bears to talk about, recap season, uh, give out some grades or whatever you want to talk about, you know, uh, staff and management positions open. 
But uh, other than that, doing good, uh, AC. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have a great day yesterday betting. I did bet Kansas City, so I got that one. But yep. uh, I thought that the Browns' defense would have taken care of the Texans with a rookie quarterback. Uh, he hasn't played like a rookie, but I was like, yep, I've seen this Brown defense, and they, they know what the hell they're doing, but they didn't take care of business. And then Kentucky lost to Texas A&M in overtime. And, uh, great game, too. Well. I had Kentucky money line in that one. I was like, come on, you yeah. know, give me the plus money, but didn't work out. Yeah, it, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, yep. What? You looking crisp, crisp and clean down there and got your sound figured out? How you doing this week, brother? Oh, God, yeah. Slowly got over the loss of the Packers, really. It was more of just the – it wasn't so much that, you know, we lost them. It was just the manner of what happened and – you know, it was so flat. Uh, but apart from that, mate, not too bad. I mean, I, I'm the only person who finally gets a laptop sorted out to do my show after the season finishes. So that sort of sums me up, really. But, uh, yeah, always great to talk football with you boys. And uh, it's always good to get Jordan out of bed really early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no delay with Chris. This is great. His audio awesome, sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Whatever you did. <laughs> you gotta, that means it'll be in uh, tip-top shape for next year. Yeah, tip. Uh, well, give, the, give the IT guy a uh, tip for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just actually just buy the laptop and not using a phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, speaking of the devil, how you doing out there, uh, West Coast? <laughs> I'm fine, fellas. It's uh, 7.08 in the morning. You guys like to get me up here at the crack of dawn to talk some football, but I'd rather talk football than uh, with – I wouldn't rather talk football with anybody else, so I appreciate y'all having me. Um, I'm, we can talk about anything, as you know. I'm Mr. NFL fan, but uh, I don't – and I'm welcome to share it, but I don't think I have much nice things to say about the Bears recently. i got to be honest. I'm uh, Same old Bears. Let's just put it that way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty uh, let down. I was listening to 670, the score, when, like, there was a whole 24 hours where nothing was happening, and they were, like, asking, does this mean he's gone, or does it mean it's more likely he stays? Hey, which, which guy? Fields All or Eberflus? Both. I was <laughs> – it was more of a coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. I was in the camp hoping – that that was meant they were doing their due diligence and they were going to clean house and just start all over. You guys know I'm in I'm in the Bobby Slowick camp. If we couldn't get uh, Jim Harbaugh and we saw the way he was able to carve up that number one defense in the NFL yesterday, and it just I just I want stuff like that. You know yeah. why why can't we have stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? Like it, Chicago can't have nice things. I mean. We watched the Bulls bring in the Ring of Honor, and Bulls fans are booing Krause's yeah. uh, wife. Like that's terrible. It's 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 Bears fans can't have nice things. It's like, and I and I went on a big rant on my show Wednesday. Like, why is mediocre good enough? Like we we're okay with a defensive minded head coach when the rest of the league is offensive minded. A coach that's that's one in seven against teams above five hundred. A coach that blew three ten-point leads in the fourth quarter. We're okay with all of that. That's like, a great point, man. I just don't understand it. And they they put it all on Getzy, and I get it. Getzy was not doing his job well, but I don't think the guys above him were either. 
I, it's not like Eberflus, you're doing fantastic. Getsy's the problem, or even Justin's the problem, either one of them. And I have a feeling, I'll just go ahead and say it. I have a feeling we just watched our last Justin Fields quarterback game for the Chicago Bears because I just feel like they're going to look for a scapegoat. Ryan and Matt are butt buddies. There's no way that you can say that Matt is not Poles' guy after that after this, when he had a chance to move on. And what really pissed me off is when he said, and, and he probably could have been lying, but he said, yeah, we didn't even call Jim. He's uh, Michigan's head coach. I about threw my damn phone through the wall when he said that. Like, you're not doing your due diligence as a general manager and turn leaving no rock unturned if you're not at least calling him engaging interest. And again, he could have been lying. Or saying, or he could have had his agent call Jim's agent. So technically, he didn't call Jim Harbaugh. But I just, like, why is mediocre good enough? Jordan, you've been on this for a while. Um, what are your thoughts on why Eberflus is still here? And is there anything we can salvage from this? Evan, it's funny because I feel like you're taking the words right out of my mouth. And not in a bad way. I mean, this is something that you guys have heard me, all you fellas have heard me say for weeks now when it was coming to Getsy or anybody else's, I was like, and I still stand by this. I don't think Getsy was, I wouldn't say not the problem, but I don't think he was, you know, public enemy number one. He may have been to fans that don't know the game as well. But I mean, to me, it's, this is something I've said about Getsy, but I feel this way about Eberflus, feel this way about Justin Fields, feel this way about a lot of, a lot of the people on the bears, which is that it, what are you like? 16th best, 18th best, 12th best. Like that's fine. But the reality is, we shouldn't be striving for that. You want championships. And I get it. it's all about being pragmatic. Let's win the division first. Let's get to the dance. And we'll see. I hear all that nice shit from polls. But the reality is you're thinking small with a massive market and a team that's hungry for success and hasn't had it for 40 years. And you and I mean, whether, it, you know, we can talk about Getsy leaving. That was an absolute scapegoat. That was that was the opportunity for your head coach to have somebody to blame for why he still has a job with a 29 percent winning percentage as a head coach over two seasons. Um, You know, I get it. His defense looked fantastic as it came on late in the year. That's all fine and dandy. Defense is a noisy stat Um, for it fluctuates from year to year. Very seldom do you have defenses that are sticky from year to year where they're good. Um, So that's a real. I mean, this and this kind of goes to the whole point of the Chicago Bears. Every time that there's an opportunity to try to improve or make your life easier, they just find themselves down the same bullshit road that they always do. Um, So, I mean, it's this what I'm saying is at some point you have to look at it and go, it's ownership. Um, And you can say maybe it's, you know, this was on polls. This is Bruce is his guy or this is on Kevin Warren. I get all that. I'm just saying at the end of the day, George McCassie's still the one handing out the checks. Um, so he kind of feels what he kind of wants, what he says. And, and I'm, this is a, I'm pausing, I'm positing something, but I mean, if George McCaskey says, I don't have the funds to pay, you know, you firing Fluce and hiring Jim Harbaugh or the next guy. But they probably do. I know they I'm, probably I, I, do. I, I, I'm with you though. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just that my, my, my initial reaction is Eber Fluce is still here. He didn't get a three-year contract. He got a four-year contract. It's good on, good on him. That was smart of him, so they don't fire him after two years, yeah. like they should do. But yeah. uh, uh, if he has a four-year contract, then you know I could see McCaskey or whatever say maybe that's the reason Cliff Stein was fired. They gave him he negotiated a four-year contract. You know. <laughs> Anyways, but go well, ahead, Jordan. Another, I mean, another big thing was 
when they talked to Kevin Warren and he almost equated it to the rise of the Minnesota Vikings when he was there where they won what I don't know five games then eight games then then went 12 and four and won the division etc that was Mike Zimmer's Vikings does anyone look at that as a model for what they want here because I don't It, it didn't look it doesn't look appetizing for me uh I just and maybe I'm crazy but I just it comes down to me an offensive mind needs to be a head coach. Because if you bring in an OC and he does well with JF1 or Caleb Williams, he's going to be a head coach somewhere because of the work he's done with uh, with with either a young rookie quarterback, insert your favorite, or what he's done to change Justin Fields around. Like, he's not going to be here for more than a year or two. And then you're right back in square one. And I mean, it's just it the is. biggest. And Chris, I'll just let me go one more thing, and that's all you. I just my biggest thing about the the gross incompetence, and that's the word I keep coming back to is it's bears as usual, it's business as usual, it's gross incompetence. Is you and you being you know uh, Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles somehow decided within two days of the season ending, and obviously I don't think it just took two days. This is weeks premeditated. Decided that your best option forward was to go ahead with the guy that can't close the meaningful games as good as the defense plays who did he actually beat i guess you could say the lions is probably the best one and you decided the guy with the 29 win percentage was your best route forward you decided that you didn't need to talk to not just jim harbaugh to ben johnson to bobby slowick to mike vrabel now that he's on the market to raheem morris to i mean god damn you name any of them a brian flores any of these people you thought you know, look, we really like our defense. We like what we got going here. You didn't decide to talk to maybe the best defensive mind in the game, whether it's Mike McDonald or Brian Flores. If you're so antsy about keeping that defense intact, again, why are we shooting for 12th best or 16th best or whatever Flus is? Then go grab a defensive head coach that, and I get it, he's going to reset the scheme and everything. It's just this is consistently the small market uh, window that that this team views things through. And, um, Chris, that was me. I'll get off my, my stool here. I'll pass, pass it to you. Cool. Good morning, KB. You got a lot of background noise, brother. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That better? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Go, go ahead, Chris. I saw you raising yeah. your hand. I mean, there's a couple of things that really annoy me. What come out of the press this week is it's the idea that um, Paul's and Eberfluss are sort of Paul's are congratulating Eberfluss for getting a team through a hard time, which, <laughs> which was because of the decisions he made as a head coach. Yeah. Obviously, you, know, you have the players' aspect into that equation as well. But why are you praising somebody who, who, who started off on a, a four-game losing streak? You know, just because like we did go for that nice run at the end of the season, he still doesn't deserve that sort of praise to me because you created that drama in the first place. If you'd have been better prepared before we went into that game, uh, Green Bay game on week one, then, then you know, I mean, we could have got an extra couple of wins and who, who knew where we could have ended up in the playoffs, maybe. But I just, that just really irritated me. Like, the sort of, like, celebrating, like uh, like you said, Jordan, mediocrity. Like, that's a good thing that your decisions put us in this pit, but it's great that you managed to get out of this pit, even though we shouldn't have been mm-hmm. in that pit in the first place. You know what I mean? So I just find and I find that a very disappointing Chicago Bear trait. 
it's sort of like I think the owners probably look at things in like, well, you know, even us can say, well, I, you know, I doubled the win total, you know, the defence is playing better. So, like, you know, if it were like a normal business, you'd go, oh, well, yeah, he's du nearly double, he's over doubled, you know, what he, what he uh, produced last, last year. But it's just, uh, we seem to be an organisation that's afraid to sort of maybe take that sort of bit of a blind jump, you know, yeah. especially like coming to like, you know, if it were Harbour or something like that, it just feels like, they thought we could, you know, we've seen growth. It can justify some growth, but there's a lot of things what they can't justify what happened through the season. Like you said, them, you know, then collapses at the end. Them games, what cost us maybe a playoff position. So it's just like the whole sort of it is. It probably does start from the top because as like an NFL owner, you don't really have anything to lose because it's not like English soccer where if a if a club gets relegated, they lose so much money. Like a premiership club going down a division, they lose so much money. So it can actually like Leeds United, the club, like from I say, they nearly went bankrupt because they just kept yo-yoing and betting too much money into players that never stemmed out. So they never got to like the Champions League semi-final and it completely bankrupted the club. So at least NFL owners have not got to worry about that bit. And it's just, it's just sometimes I just think you just got to. But just go for it. And if it were like down to sort of personal personality traits, I just find that a little bit unprofessional. You know, I mean, if the McCassies have a bit of a problem with, say, Jim Armberg personally, if he's producing wins, then who cares? You've got to be a little bit bigger than that. So, uh, yeah, I just found it sort of quite uninspiring what I heard in the press conference, really. And I knew we were flustered to come back. And I knew, but I'm glad gets to it because. As we discussed through the season, you know his players, his player calling was not consistent, and especially after he got 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 over his scripted players, he seemed to take a big sort of step back in his player calling. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. just weeks on it. Really, it's a Bears fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Some of the uh, quotes from polls uh, that that rubbed me the wrong way were were that one where they're giving him uh, credence or or crowning him rather for. <laughs> pulling the ship through the storm, but he created the storm. So like way to go captain. But uh, I, another one was he gave him um, uh, credence or, or, or said that he did well putting together a staff. This is a staff who you just fired 75% of. This <laughs> is a staff who you had to fire a defensive coordinator. Oh, what well, he resigned a defensive coordinator and a running backs coach for we still don't know the reasons. Six, personal conduct, score. right? You know, some Six, kind of personal conduct. Talked about uh, him needing to know what an incognito tab was. So I don't know if he was looking for looking at things he shouldn't have been looking at on his work computer or what it was. But sending dick pics, to yeah, female I, staff members, I, you know. So you so you talk about this, this guy putting a staff together, yet his staff is what's put you in this position already. I I just don't get it. So KB, uh, for joining us late, um, we just kind of we haven't really touched on the Packers game. We've just really kind of touched on the season as a whole and talked about the press conferences from this week. Um, so uh, tell us your thoughts, KB. My thoughts on the pressers, man. Standard everyday presser to me. Wasn't much said other than typical bullshit and rhetoric that you're going to throw out, just to throw out. 
people think that they tip their caps in one way. To me, I feel like they held everything close to the chest. My man said before he he's in business to trade. Hell, he has to consider every option uh, going forward with a quarterback. So, to me, I mean, the press was just just a in a snapshot. That didn't say much for me. I, to be honest, I, I don't care one way or another about things that Eva Flew said about the staff. Your staff was let go. It's like y'all said. Uh, but also on that same tip, I'm not really upset that he's back. It, we already knew that it was a possibility. It was things that was talked about. To me, you're a head coach. You coach the team. You take a step back in one way or another. So if he wants to go forward calling plays, hey, man, promote somebody on the inside that has somebody fill that position. Uh, if you're going to step back from play calling, you're going to be more of a uh, the overseer, so to speak, uh, then promote somebody you know that can call the defense. Like I said, I'm yeah, – because I, I – you know what I'm saying? I've seen y'all was kind of speaking on that. Uh like I said, I'm not I'm not upset about them keeping flukes. You know what I'm saying? I played a contrarian on this side. Flukes did what he needed to do. The defense started to look better. Was it against worse teams? Yeah, but they on the schedule. You can't pick who I mean, you really can't choose your schedule. Your schedule was your schedule. So you play who was on the damn schedule. And they played pretty goddamn good defense up until the end of the schedule. Uh there 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 needs to be another sounding board in that room. I know that somebody needs to Speak to him about when to be aggressive and when not to be. I'm mean, I mean, more towards when to be aggressive. We kind of seen what aggressive can do for you last night. If we went after Jordan Love like Kansas City, I mean, well, not Kansas City, but the Dolphins went after fucking Patrick Mahomes and we lost, I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah. To me, it feels like you're trying at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it didn't feel like they tried a Green Bay game. I, I feel like they went out there and they had uh, – a very cookie cutter plan and said we're gonna stay in vanilla coverages and we're gonna run vanilla defense. Yeah, and those those Packers wide receivers just found the spot, the hole in the zone and, and sat down in it. And Jordan Love was just I mean, he was accurate all night. His they it's easy to be accurate guy, when you're throwing at dudes who are wide open. Yeah, you got, I, you I was got telling guys a guy, five yards within receivers catching balls, bro. Yeah, with goddamn yeah. near 10 yards of fucking running room, damn near every time they catch a pass. Even uh, even Brisker spoke on that, saying, you know, when we watched the Packers have trouble, is like against the Giants and the Panthers did this a little bit, where they would bump them up on the line, and and make those throwing lanes smaller, and and of, and of course bring pressure on top of that. Yep. Um, but we that that's that's a schematic issue though, KB, and that goes back to your coach. That that's his scheme. Yeah. His yeah. scheme is to lay back. And try and attack it at the point of, of Wait, catch. This is this is why I push back with that. Because in earlier weeks before that, we seen them go after people. We seen blitzes. We seen pressure get brought. Why why wasn't pressure brought that day? Why let me let me ask this? Why why did we see crossers in week 17, but then we stopped seeing crossers against Green Bay? I, I, I don't know. I you tell me that you, you tell me the game plan changed that much. Coaching matters. Most it matters, but then it, it also brings you to the point of did it did something come down the pipe and they said, Hey man, you know what? We're not really fucking caring about this game. 
Because you you hear people say it all the time. We shouldn't go out there and play this game because we need draft position. Yeah, we could have went out and put Green Bay out, but to be honest, what what purpose does that serve for Chicago? If, if their eyes are thinking, well, we need we need we need a higher draft pick. Well, I just don't think NFL players are wired like that. I mean, your your players. cousin players, defensive coordinators, and head coaches, and offensive coordinators. If they're not coaching for their job, even Flus knew before that press conference that he was coming back. Mm. We all know that. You can hear it in his in the way he spoke. Mm. He knew he was coming back. That I there's right now the, the part of me that wants to say, hey man, I really believe that Poles might have said something to him and he was just like, All right, fuck it. We'll go out there and we'll lay egg. We need the knife pick. That has shit to do with your your, your, your players if you say, Hey, we just gonna sit back and cover three all damn day. Eberflus has evidence that Poles sent out some dick pics too. That's that's why it's sticking around. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I just think, and, and they had um, oh, what was the guy's name? There's a guy that goes. I was listening to the score all week in case you guys couldn't notice. Uh, there's a guy. He was in the front office with Pace. He drafted Trubisky. He drafted Fields, and he talked about how. Because we all say, just fire the coach and move on. Just fire the coach and move on. But he was talking about it on a personal level. You know, he's coming in every day. It's a partnership. They came in at the same time, and they're yep. talking about they, they become friends. I mean, it's nothing more than that. And your president is supposed to go be the one to pull away some of the feelings between that coach and that GM and I don't know if Warren feels the exact same way about um, about Eberflus or or what his feelings are on him. I just KB, I know you're trying to be contrarian here. I just I feel like they made a mistake. And you see, top head coaches around the league, Mike Vrabel got fired, Belichick stepped away, Pete Carroll stepped away. These are Hall of Fame. Well, not I don't know if Vrabel is yet, but. Belichick and Pete Carroll, those are Hall of Fame level head coaches yep. that were pushed out of their job because their their organizations know it's time to move on and move forward for the future. And our our organization that we know and love just stays status quo. And it's it's not fucking good enough, to be frank. It's just not fucking good enough. From head coach to OC to DC, whomever the fuck that was, which was also our head coach. To, to quarterback, I love Justin. You guys know this. I've got all of his jerseys. i got a signed football. I love Justin. My son has his jersey. It wasn't good enough. The Green Bay Packers, All the I have a fan of the Green Bay Packers that co-hosts with me on Wednesday. He's wanted their defensive coordinator fired for the last half of the year. This is a team that had the Carolina Panthers drop 30 on them. And we couldn't put up more than nine. We couldn't score a touchdown. Like, fellas, it's not fucking good enough. From top to bottom. Yeah. Anyway, the news that came out, Getsy is gone. The offensive coordinator is gone. The wide receivers coach is gone. The running backs coach is gone. That's two running backs coaches we fired this year. The offensive lineman coach is staying. That. Even yeah. uh, even even Olin Cruz had a question about that. It was like, hold wow. on a second, I got you something. Got something for you on that. Go ahead. This is the uh, Bears uh, mm. 
this season. Pass protection, 29th in pressure percentage, 26th in adjusted sack percentage, 31st in hurry percentage. So, I mean, the Bears were in bottom five uh, in three critical, critical, critical uh, uh, categories for pass protection. I mean, uh, it, it you, you want to talk about C.J. Stroud and, and uh, the success he's had. They have a much better offensive line than the Bears. I'll tell you yeah. that. I don't have the numbers. With lesser on. talent. Hold uh, on. With uh, lesser talent. Let's be real. Yeah, with lesser talent. I mean, uh, uh, one major thing we have to do this offseason is, is – Upgrade the offensive line. No matter who plays quarterback here, no matter who plays quarterback, we have to upgrade the uh, uh, the offensive line. Yeah, that was that was probably my biggest takeaway last week when we watched them play the Packers. Was if it's third down, the Packers defensive line looked like the '85 Bears. I don't care who you had at quarterback; they weren't doing anything last week. And I'm not saying that that happened consistently this year. I feel like I don't know. I mean, I haven't. This is my first time seeing those numbers, but I felt like our offensive line was okay for a lot of the year. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Chris Morgan is a fine coach, and the offensive line did fine. I just, I mean, I put this out on Twitter when I saw they're keeping him, and I was even more shocked when I think the coaches got asked. They were like, "Hey, what do you think is this going to do for an offensive coordinator?" They're like, well, they're just going to have to accept the coaches we're keeping. I'm like, I, all right, man, this is what I'm talking about. You want to make it harder and harder. Hey, yeah. offensive coordinators, uh, you can come, but only if you keep some of our coaches. All right, well, you're going to shrink down and just funnel mm-hmm. down those options that are well, It's just amazing to me. Uh, but. Olin, Olin Krutz even talked about it. If you're an offensive coordinator looking for a job or a quarterback's coach who's looking for an upgrade to be an off- offensive coordinator, if you come in for an interview and they say, he, and Olin Krutz said, your most important assistant on your offense, this is – Five to seven of the starting 11 is your offensive line. Your most important assistant on your offense, and you're just stuck with whomever they have. Like, you don't get to choose. You don't get to build your staff. And this is your credibility that's going to be on that. It's it's mind-boggling. And, and see, I thought in, ahead, in, that same, in that same breath, something was said that makes a lot of sense. It's not the offensive coordinator staff. Is Luke? I mean, it's Matt Eberflus' staff. He picks from A to Z. He picks who the fuck he wants. That's that's what the honest to God truth is. So if he fires somebody, that's your head coach doing what the head coach is supposed to do. It's his job to fire somebody. And, and that guy, that guy, and I'm not disagreeing with you, KB. Other than to say that guy that you're talking about as a head coach should be able to set his cabinet from A to Z. Every, everything's Justin Fields' fault, though. Well, I'm just saying. You think <laughs> there's that got that, a guy guy in the chat room here? Uh, all this pressure's on John Justin Fields' fault. Yeah, some of it, he holds the ball. There was one game where he was getting pressured on 44% of his dropbacks. That's not all on him. He didn't have three seconds to throw the ball. I forget which game it was. I had it for Bears State Affairs. I think it was the Browns, yeah. To be be fair, the Green Bay game was ugly for Justin. It wasn't. The the offensive line gave up. They were porous. I get it. The scheme is terrible. There's always three wide receivers in a five-yard zone area. I'm just trying to say, Right near each other. No crossers. No no slants. I'm just trying to say. No zone busters. No zone busters. Yeah, no drag routes. It's it's brutal. It's an average offense. It's a below-average offensive line. They're bottom five. Now, you go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just, I, I can't. I okay. I'm just trying to say the case. Everything is everything is Justin Fields' fault with some of these Bears fans. It isn't. Go with the context. The first year of Justin Fields' career, we had a tank roster, a roster designed to tank so we could get the first overall pick, which we did. 
We got the first overall pick. And maybe that's part of the reason why Eberflus is still here. To be honest, I never heard of Matt Eberflus before we hired him. I got to be honest, it wouldn't have been my first choice. Uh, no. if, uh, uh, if you want to talk about the first year uh, all on Justin Fields, I'm going to tell you, go after yourself. You know, the second year, uh, he didn't progress as much as we wanted him to progress. But uh, again, we had one one guy that was making plays on offense that was DJ Moore. Nobody else really made made plays. Cole Komet, Komet, maybe. Komet had, yeah, but had a good that's year. not enough in today's yeah. NFL. It's not enough. Yeah. All right, I'm done but, ranting. And, and, and <laughs> sorry, Jordan, I know you have another no, point, okay. but uh, Mahomes, we watched last night, held on to the ball for six seconds. Still finds a receiver and gets it to him. We also see saw Mahomes. I, I saw a defender, and they talked about it on the thing. Uh, Jason Garrett did. The, these defenders have got to hit him. These defenders are terrified to hit him because they know it's a flag. I watched that quarterback get pushed down and get a 15-yard penalty. My quarterback gets his head rocked and nothing. He had zero calls the entire year. They talk about loving the safety of the game and pushing for player safety. My quarterback, there's no way he was not concussed against Green Bay when he when his head bounced off. The oh, play. yeah, absolutely. There's 100%. 0% chance he was not concussed. And and they just, no flag, no nothing. Uh, Eberflus talked to the ref. If that's me, I, you're sending me to the fucking locker room. There's there's 0% chance. I'm losing my shit like a baseball manager. I, I, it's not... It's not okay. I just For, anybody want to want to take on the question. I'm I'm just gonna say coaching matters. Here's another one. Mahomes has great pocket presence. He's got Andy Reid. Hold on. Before we have we go, Matt Eberflus. Before we go any further, I, Jordan, what, what was you saying, bro, about uh with the coaching thing, real quick? I was just trying to. I'll be very quick, fellas. I was just trying to say go. that I hear you, KB. I'm not here to argue it. But when you're talking about keeping a coach like Chris Morgan. And I get it. Any head coach should have cabinet choice A to Z. But what has the head coach of the Chicago Bears and Matt Eberflus done to warrant that level of respect to go, look, I get to choose who I want, and you're going to – OCs, you know, you're going to have to come here with the guys I choose. Like, this is the whole problem, is that guy hasn't carried his water since he arrived. And there's a lot of nuance here, as, as, as Tooch is talking about. They came in trying to tank. But that, I mean, yeah. and we're going to tie this all into to the – and that – goes into yep. the 29% win percentage. I'm very aware of that. So even yeah. then you could say that that low winner winner percentage because of that that uh tank. We've been here for all the losses, folks. But that's the thing too is like and there's a lot of nuance wrapped up in this conversation, but I mean this is something that look, I'll pull the receipts. I've been saying it for a while. And you can't really get around this, but the moment that you decided to fire Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, you had you put the incumbents on yourself to find a GM and find everybody under the GM. That yep. would come in because this is the whole point. Any GM that comes into any team says, my job is to do what's best in the, in, for the organization moving forward. What was best for the organization moving forward was doing everything in your human nature possible to make sure that the player that they invested three picks into in Justin Fields, first rounder, another first rounder, and a fourth rounder from the Giants, it was incumbent that you did everything possible to make sure that that kid did well. Whether you liked him or not, whether he yeah. couldn't play too quick game, it does, none of that matters because this is the point. Those picks were already invested. So, Ryan, I'm, look, I mean, nobody wants to talk about Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles drafted well, all these good things, and, yes, the team had all this dead cap and he needed to reset. I understand that. But when you decided to roll out 
a garbage offensive line and, and Pettis and everybody else, EQ and everybody else out there for Justin Fields' second year when he developed a lot of bad habits, lost confidence, all those things, all of that plays into the role to why – and I don't respect KB for being contrarian, but all of that plays into the role why I, none of this makes sense. Why you would give the gravitas to a guy like Flus to to be able to keep certain stuff? Yeah, it's a, it's why a, it, why would you, why would you give a fail? It, yeah, now, I mean, it's, it's, if, if they were if they wanted Justin Fields, look, look, let's let's go back to when Nagy and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name uh, Pace. Right. When those two guys were failed, you had to make a decision then whether or not you're going to invest in Justin Fields. Now, granted, they didn't know what they had because it wasn't until year two when he started running like for seventy five yard touchdowns. They didn't know what they had, but you still, if, if he was going to be your guy, you have to you have to self-scout and know what you have, at least to some extent, whether or not you're going to invest in the player. And put someone, like Jordan says, you have to put someone who's going to guide a quarterback. We've never had anybody that's developed quarterbacks. Never. You pick Matt Eberflus, a defensive guy, and he mm-hmm. brings along a guy that did it for the – never never was an offensive coordinator. You know, you bring in a first-time head coach, a first-time GM. This is all, all the same thing. You, it, it takes – a year or two for these guys to learn on the job, and that's that's the shame of it. We've, I've said for years we got to stop hiring first-time guys who are learning on the job. You know, it, amateur. Hires, yeah, it's amateur hour exactly. It's still amateur hour because you see it with the with the game plan in Green Bay. I couldn't find a game plan, Jordan AC. I couldn't find a game plan. The game plan was complete garbage in that that's game, right. both sides of the ball. I just feel like to that point we're heading down the exact same road that we headed down with Justin and yep. with Mitch 100% where you draft quarterback high then Flus can't make it work then yep. he's fired at the end of the year and you're going you're hiring a head coach that has to inherit a quarterback yep KB I know you've been trying to talk go ahead bro uh, I, just, I just want to go with this because I see people saying stuff like Fields dressing the pressure and all this other bullshit. If y'all really paid attention to the game last night, the first thing you would have noticed is Mahomes drifts back in the pocket 10 yards back. It doesn't, it don't matter whether pressure is coming or not. He drifts back damn near every fucking pass to, to buy himself time to find someone open, aka holding on to the ball early. I mean more. Now, let me let me preface this. this I'm gonna use this analogy. I used this with somebody yesterday, and a dude couldn't make a comment back because he was so fucking stunned. Let's say you hire a kid out of college, right? Kid comes in, he doesn't he he knows the job from college, but he does not know the professional workforce. You say, you know what? Today I need this built-in CAD. I need you to build a, a new lathe machine. I need you to go out there and I need you to put it together. But then all I give you is a is two screwdrivers and a hammer. You got a week to finish that. Week goes by. You got this thing, push posh, you know what I'm saying, some bullshit put together. But you know what? You you can kind of see the working parts, right? Eh, machine works, doesn't work. You don't know what it is. Next week, you come in, you find out that the guy who told you that gets fired, right? New guy comes in. Hey, I need you to do everything you did last week, but I'm just going to give you one tool. Go on there and fix this for me. I need I need this to be done by the end of the week. End of the week rolls up. It looks worse than last year. I mean, uh, last week. You know, you don't have the you don't have anything to, to work with. You don't know how to put this thing together. Now, 
you you come into your third season, things are a little bit better. You, you, I say your third season, your third week, you, you got maybe one more tool. Maybe you tell yourself, hey, I can fucking do this. But then as the year goes on or the week goes on, they start taking more things from you because, hey, we tried this. We went out and got this for you last week. We brought this in. We thought it was going to work. Eh, didn't work. We're going to get rid of it real quick. Now, yeah. let's put Justin Fields into this position. Justin Fields came into a situation that was broken. They said, hey, go in there and do this job with this. We don't give a fuck what you do with it, but we need you to do something with it. Looks bad his first year. He's supposed to be learning. He's supposed to be being taught how to be a quarterback in the, in the, in the professional level. Head coach gets fired. Entire team gets thrown out. Yep. Bring in another guy. Another guy is preaching, hey, we're going to make this shit work. But you know what? With a roster designed to tank. Don't forget. Away. And we want you to go out there and we want you to survive the season. Hey, it needs hey, it needs to be built by the end of the week, brother. <laughs> end of the week comes up. End of the season comes up. It doesn't look good. You might have a, a, a couple days of, of that week where things look right, but you don't have anything around you to make this shit look good. So then the next time rolls through. Okay, now we we got this. We got this season. We get we add DJ Moore. You go get you a right tackle. Left tackle still spotty. Your center's trash. You got one person who acts like they know how to catch the ball outside of DJ Moore. You don't you don't have a stud at running back. Your defense don't have the defensive pressure that it needs. But yet we want to sit here and blame one person. Blame the fucking organization. Anytime y'all have a conversation, it's Justin Fields or nothing. To be honest, I don't give a fuck if Justin Fields is on the team anymore next year. I don't. If the best choice is to go with some a, a quarterback, just understand what you're putting that quarterback behind is what Justin Fields worked with last year. I guarantee you CJ Shroud didn't come in here last year and, and work with what we got. Yeah. You don't have DJ Moore if you have CJ Shroud. You don't have Darnell Wright if you have CJ Shroud. CJ Shroud sucks here with this offensive line, this roster, and this coaching staff. It'd be this offensive line minus Darnell Wright as well. It's, it's, exactly. This same amount of bullshit. This is why I stood on the platform that I stood on and said, hey, maybe you build around your quarterback so you can have a situation like Brock Purdy where you can go draft the kid out of fucking Tulane and maybe if Justin Fields is trash next year, you can throw that kid in. If it's Fields, then he's going to show it if he has the talent around him. You'll never convince these guys. Like, C.J. Stroud's still good here because he's, he's I mean. Great. The, the the bottom line is, and some of the I'm not going to shit on some of these fans' opinions because they don't take in any, any context. And, and I, I agree, but like, KB like just laid out all the context. We're not blaming. We're but, not blaming because everything. Yes, y'all do. Every time but, there's a conversation yeah. about Stroud, fucking Patrick Mahomes. I know any quarterback gets thrown out. Oh well, Fields can do that. Bro, shut the fuck up. You don't know football. It's, it's annoying, bro. I'm annoyed. If if you plug in Matt Patrick Mahomes here, we win maybe one more game this season with our roster and with our offensive line and with our coaches. What well, we but instead of winning seven, we win eight, maybe nine as, games. As he, ain't winning, as, he ain't winning double digits here. As much as we've talked about CJ Stroud, he was able to with a first time head coach that there wasn't a bunch of pieces into in Houston. Yeah. They drafted guys. C.J. Stroud has raised the level around him, and that's yep. what we need. Yep. And it still goes saying, back to coaching We're not saying C.J. Stroud you know, is a bad quarterback. We're not saying you know, that at all. He's a good quarterback. You know how much I love Bobby Slowick. It goes back Bobby to Bobby Slowick is awesome, Bobby's man. Amazing. 
Sloan put up 45 points on the best defense in the NFL yesterday. The game plan was meticulous. And, and, and triple stuff, K, if, if the reason why I say folks don't know football and the reason why I'm saying you don't know football is because you're not bringing context into the game. I know. It's like, oh, no. When you bring context into the game, then you can tell me somebody sucks for three years when they have nothing to work with. Put if fields I put on the, the 49ers. Job, I, said, I need something done, and it's not done. Okay. Guess what? I'm firing your ass because you're trash. If Fields had uh, <laughs> Fields on the 49ers and we had Brock Purdy, you guys would be saying, we got to have a quarterback like Justin Fields. You know, because Kyle Shanahan and his staff know how to develop guys. Their, their offensive scheme and their game planning and their uh, – their play design is is uh, infinite light years ahead of the Bears. That's just a fact. And the, and the offensive line of the 49ers won the best in the NFL. All right. The the the, the context that that uh, uh, KB was talking about. Okay. Imagine you're 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 a you're a rookie quarterback coming league. You're drafted by a head coach that's so bad he's fired your rookie year. Then you brought into a new regime with a first-time play-calling incompetent offensive coordinator and Luke Getze. Then, if the team drafts a new quarterback in the same situation, they'll call him a bust, the fan base, whoever, will call him a bust, the media. If the team wins, it's good quarterback play, and if they lose, it's horrible quarterback play. That's all that, that's all that your fans are saying that says fields suck. It's all the quarterback's fault without taking into any context. Now, look, we're at the point – I forgot who had the – who had the quote in here? The, the 49ers offensive line isn't that good. Go after yourself. They're number one in the NFC. I, I like what Scott says here. And he said he breaks it down perfectly. In yeah, he's opinion. part of the problem. Bills wasn't the whole problem, but yep. he was part of the problem. 100%. 100%. <clears throat> but we need to move on, fellas. We, yeah. We, we, the main, we get the main question, though, is – what are we doing with that quarterback this offseason? Because you could still take a quarterback. You could still keep Justin Fields. You could take a quarterback. You could get rid of Justin Fields. But, again, the new guy that's coming in here is stepping into the same situation that Justin Fields stepped into three years ago. That's what we're saying. Well, All right, I'm sorry. sorry. Word, on, word on the street is Caleb Williams doesn't want to step into that situation. So we'll, we'll yeah. figure all that yeah, out. Whether that was a rumor or clickbait or whatever, we don't know. Right. Anymore. The, the, the thing we do know, because right now we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know who, where we're going to end up in the draft. We could yep. trade the pick. We could do a lot of things. Our, our, our offseason is endless, is, is limitless. Now, we will, we will come back after the combine because I want to get a good measurement of all these quarterbacks, and then we will talk about prospects, and we will talk about what – the bears look like going forward. We'll see if we still have that number one pick. Remember he traded it last year, March, 10th, I think something like that. So we'll be able to talk about all those things moving forward. I'd like to wait until the combine comes in so we can get good. Med- Cause I'm worried about Caleb's size. Uh, he still hasn't even said he's coming to the draft, but I mean, he's going to, I don't see why he wouldn't um, unless because he's, the bears are picking number one. Well, I mean, <laughs> He can stay at USC where they don't play defense. That's it's his choice. Uh, but uh, but I, I, Laz said here, same old, same old debate. Who do you want for offensive coordinator? The one thing we know is the offensive coordinator is no longer with us. He didn't die. We just fired him. Uh, we fired Luke Getzey. We fired his wide receivers coach, his running backs coach, kept his offensive line coach. But the offensive coordinators they have brought in for interviews or put in for permission to interviews is Shane Waldron out of Seattle. Um, 
Kubiak, Clint Kubiak, Kubiak from the San Francisco 49ers. Y'all know that makes me smile. Uh, they called yep. my guy Liam Cohen down here at Kentucky to see if he had a idea to jump back in the league. Uh, and uh, is that is that all that we know of, or are there any names that you that I'm missing? I, I think those are the three I've heard of. I mean, Kubiak's Greg great. Olson Kubiak. Is, so uh, Greg Olson was rumored as the fourth person, and not not the tight end, former Bears tight end. The former Bears offensive coordinator, former Bears quarterbacks. We had Greg Olson here under, uh, I forget, was it Ron Turner maybe uh, or somebody uh, around that time? Uh, we've had Greg Olson here before. I don't know whether it was Lovey's staff or John Fox's staff. Somebody we had uh, we had uh, uh, Greg Olson here before. I'd have to go back and look, though. I. Uh, so those are the names we know of, but if they're not – currently employed you don't have to ask for permission to interview them so you have names like eric Bieniemy, who maybe they've talked to maybe they haven't we have no idea you have names uh who else we, we can't we office? can't have kubiak you guys because at the, at the end of the day it, it it don't matter who the fuck you hire it it doesn't matter if he's going to work well with him or not. No, bro. It, it, yeah, it doesn't matter who it care. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You still you're the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach is the most important thing right now. Yeah, Elias says he assumes they'll talk to Frank Reich. We know Eberflus has a relationship with Frank Reich. They were together in Indianapolis. He's the guy who's been a head coach before. He'd be yeah. able to run the offense, and Eberflus wouldn't have to do anything with it. He would just let him do his thing. Uh, yeah. So. So that's a possibility that they. And then if they fire Eberflus, he can step in as head coach. I mean, we'll see. Um, Chris, I haven't heard your voice in a while. Do you have a name that you are that you would like to either talk about, or a name that really sticks out to you from that list, or from a list in your head? I I, I don't know. You don't, uh, you to don't talk about. You don't want to know what goes on inside of my head. <laughs> You don't want to go to that dark place. Uh, but I, I think Kubiak is one what really sort of interests me most. I just think um, that San Francisco offensive scheme could translate quite well over to Chicago with the players we've got. Because it's quite a, a run-heavy scheme, which, you know, we're also a run-heavy, you know, team at the moment in time. So I'd really like to see him doing I think as well he's had previous uh, play-calling experience I just feel like I'd love to have somebody who's been there and done it before a bit. Because I think Getsy just lost his way and he just didn't have the experience really to sort of uh, scout himself about, you know, his, his sort of way he was directing games on the offensive side. So he, he's the one that really sort of interests me because 49ers are probably one of what, if not, the probably the best team in the NFL. And yeah. like, when they get on a real offense, Adam can run that ball. I mean, being a former running back as well, it's just great to see still that the running game is just important to passing game sometimes in the NFL. So he's, he's sort of like my sort of favourite one, really. Um, I think the guy in Seattle's done it as well. I just want somebody who's, got, who's, who's had a bit of an experience, you know, play, you know, doing a play call in the forward. It's, it's sort of like when Tooch is saying about, you know, we've got, the, we've got like a, a rookie GM, Coach, offense, defense coordinator. And I can remember at the time we were doing shows, and I was thinking, that's just really bizarre. So, all these people who've not done the job before all starting all at the same time, and nobody's got any real experience. So, um, I really like to have somebody who's been there and done it a bit. But yeah, QBX definitely 
my front runner, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, that name, if it rings a bell, his father, Gary, his father, was, yeah. was a great uh, play caller in the NFL, had success uh, pretty much everywhere he went, um, of a, a branch of the Mike Shanahan tree that is now the uh, Kyle Shanahan tree that also branches out to McVay's tree. And they all kind of intertwine. You know, if, if it's up to me, I want a piece of that offense uh, one way or another. You guys know how much I love that. I mean, I am pulling for the 49ers in this playoffs simply because of how much I love Kyle Shanahan and everything he's done out there. One thing I would worry about with Kubiak is a Kyle Shanahan's calling those plays and B look at all the all pros he has along that offense. You got Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle, you've got the Brandon best running Hughes, back in the NFL. Best. Yeah. McCaffrey, you got uh, Trent Williams who's at left tackle, who's a top three left tackle in the league. And that's, and that might be low, you know. Uh, I, mean, I, I just think KC, though, but their style is quite transferable. Yeah. Their strength at the moment in time in the squad, and so, you know, unless they really move on in the, the offensive philosophy. I could just see it translating well over from the 49ers to us. Um, that, you know, just, just from, uh, you know, catching a few of their games throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I have um, – I know I saw someone in the chat say that they haven't talked to Frank Reich. I hadn't heard that report. Oh, yeah, or, or Greg Roman. I mean, I think if, if they bring in Greg Roman, you can say they're keeping Justin Fields because he fits his offense 100%. more than anyone in the draft. Uh, but um, I've jo lost my train Jordan, of thought. tell them who the Texans' left tackle is. Laramie Tunsil. One of the best in the NFL. I got to be honest. I think – I, and there's no disrespect to Trent Williams. Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer, will be. He's still yep. very good. Trent Williams has been gotten in his pass protection more this year because he's on the downswing, because he's yep. getting a little older. He is no – I know it's the name quality. Everybody thinks he's the best left tackle. The best left tackle in the league is Laramie Tunsil. Um, 100%. And, and I, I just it's not even close. Give me 10 seconds just because I don't want to make sure it doesn't sound like I'm talking out of my out of both sides of my mouth. I had said earlier with a the Texans have a less talented offensive line. I just said they have the best left tackle. That matters, but I do just want to very be quickly clarify. I still do believe that the Bears have a better in holistic talent offensive line than what the Texans did, especially considering how many players were hurt from that Texans line that CJ Stroud was playing with this year. Um, I mean, Drew Struggs was out. Uh, who's the South Alabama or North Alabama? The tackle they took, Titus Howard, who plays guard now, has been out. Um, so they have some good players, but just specifically – Right now, yes, they have the best left tackle in the game, which is certainly important. But when you talk about Darnell Wright, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, who's performed well enough for a fifth-round pick, I think that the Bears have a better, talented line overall. Yeah. Um, I I, I, either that or it's scheme. or it's Part of it's Justin Fields' fault. We know that. We're not stupid. But, man, like – the whole thing – the Bears have not decided on what they're going to do with the quarterback position. I still don't think so. Everyone's saying, oh, we're leaning towards fields. They could still draft a quarterback, but I'm telling you, we, ha we have to improve the offensive line or nobody's going to succeed. We have to improve the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. uh, and AC will tell you, we got to improve the fucking head coach. <laughs> the head coach cost us how many wins this season? Three, maybe four? You know? The, we, we gave away three fourth-quarter leads. It's never – I mean, that's, that's a tied an NFL record for fourth-quarter yeah. collapses. 
double double digit fourth quarter leads. Unacceptable. Like, yeah. I you'll get no argument on that from me, but all I can deal with is what we know we have. Uh and that's that's why we're talking OCs. Um the the guy from Seattle, Shane Waldron, what he's yep. done with Geno Smith to resurrect his career literally from the dirt. I mean, this guy I was written off. He didn't write back, he said. Uh, so Shane Waldron put that together. I did see on Twitter a lot of Seattle fans can't stand like. Shane Waldron. Uh, I, I'm i assuming it's because they see the pieces they have on offense and they expect to be the best offense in the league, and they weren't, so they weren't happy with that. But I think he's a very smart uh, coach, and he's a he calls the plays. Um, so he has a history – of being able to be a play caller and a leader of men. Um, like I said, we spoke of Frank Reich. We know all the things he can do, and he's done it with several different styles of quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, the only one he failed with was Bryce Young, who, and that goes back to people that are arguing about C.J. Stroud versus Justin Fields. I didn't hear C.J. Stroud at all leading into the draft last year. It was Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. He's the Steph Curry of the NFL, blah, blah, blah. That hasn't worked out, and they're they're looking to rebuild everything. So thank God we're not Carolina Panthers fans. I mean, that's a train wreck starting from owners. You want to talk about an owner that you can't respect? That's him uh, throwing drinks on fans, etc. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I do want to speak on Liam Cohen because I feel like I'm in a place where I can more than yeah, a do. lot of Bears fans. Liam Cohen is a very smart play caller. He we brought him in under Mark Stoops. He did worked wonders with Will Levis. The things he was able to do from throwing to passing. Will Levis was a running quarterback that we brought in from Penn State and built into what should have been a number one or a first round draft pick. But he left to go to the Rams to be under Sean McVay, which is the tree he's from. Um, but when he was with the Rams, he didn't call plays. Sean McVay runs that show. He was gone for one year. He came back this year. He had a new quarterback in uh, who was quarterback? Devin Leary, who was a little more undersized than Levis, so he wasn't able to do the things that Levis can do with his feet or he didn't have the cannon for an arm like Will Levis has. So, And he, and he worked okay with it. He was really good at calling, uh, scheming things up, but uh, I saw Devin Leary miss a lot of a lot of the easy throws that we see on Sundays missed, uh, and and we led the SEC and dropped passes. Otherwise, I think Liam Cohen would have a lot more calls. However, I think it would be better for Liam to stay at Kentucky for a year or two, continue calling plays under a defensive-minded head coach, really run his system. I just think he needs more of a – track record of doing it you know what i'm saying he basically has two years calling plays now one with levis and one with devin leary so he's worked with different styles of quarterbacks i just i i love liam i like him a lot i just feel like he needs more experience uh running the show as the offensive coordinator um before he makes the jump back to the league uh that's that's my opinion on Liam. Um, I think he's good. He's smart. I just think he needs a little more seasoning before he before he jumps to this level again. 
and and takes over the show. Uh, KB, is there an offensive coordinator that you have in mind um, that that you think this is where I would, this is the way I would go, and uh, maybe some reasons why? Uh, I'm just going over the picks, man. I did my digging on uh, Shane Waldron. I, I I like his scheme. I like how he gets uh he schemes his players open and gets them in space. If he can bring GK Metcalf with him, I'm all for it. No, <laughs> man. Uh but then uh you got uh Clint Kubiak seems good. I can't with Greg Olson. I know they had a, another guy they interviewed, uh next day it was four. I'm really interested to see if they interview uh Daryl Bevel from uh Miami. Mm. You know, him being being put out yesterday. I would I would imagine they extend a look to him. Yeah, uh, he's I, a passing game coordinator for Miami, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact that he uh, so good. he's helped develop quarterbacks over you know what I'm saying over his his time as being a OC and the quarterback coach and everything he's been. Also, I, I I'm kind of leaning more towards Daryl Bevel, mm. even though we haven't interviewed him. Right, if we don't. I would love to see a mix of maybe Kubiak and Olsen. You know, both guys work extensively with quarterbacks. Uh, and then you got the you got the son of the pretty much the modern day offense in the, in the NFL. Yeah. So, you know, he can always go back to his father and, yep. you know what I'm saying, pick his brain if things aren't working. So, I – like I said, I, but I have done my, my, you know what I'm saying? I've done more work on Waldron because I, w- I was just interested. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, yeah. you have to look at it. That man helped turn around Geno. Uh, he, he won games with Drew Locke as his quarterback. Who, yeah. <laughs> who did I think? So yeah, that's that's one thing. Like I said, right now, number one on my list is Bevel. Uh, if you can find a way to steal Kubiak or Olsen away to be a quarterback coach and you can get Bevel in the door, I'd be extremely happy about that. Uh, if not, like I said, any mixture of Kubiak and Olsen being your, your OC and QB coach, and then Waldron probably be my third. So, uh, yeah, I like all those names. Uh, Bevel, it was a name that, like I, like you said, they haven't we haven't seen officially that they've asked for him, and they couldn't until they were out of the playoffs. Excuse me, but yeah, that's a, that's a great name to bring up. Wasn't Bevel here once as a quarterback coach? I think the name sounds familiar. I, I don't think know he was he here. Was. I'll look it up, but I think we had him here. We had Greg Olson here too. I'm not, I'm really not a big fan of Greg Olson. I the last I can remember is him running the Raiders, and his offense was like 30th in the league, and just wasn't. I, I don't know. I know he has a lot of respect around the league, but that name doesn't really move the needle for me. Plus, he looks just like Floos. I mean, I don't want two of those guys on the side. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't have him, but he's bounced around a lot. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Seahawks, Lions, yeah. Jaguars, and now he's a Miami Dolphins uh, passing game coordinator quarterbacks coach. Yeah, I think I remember him in Green Bay. That's yeah. probably where I where I remember him from. I just, Jordan. Well, somebody that can, that can teach. Yeah. Position. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. 100%. Yeah, and I feel like Waldron is the name. Uh, Waldron or Frank Reich are the big names for a, a teacher that can uh, take you to the next level. A, again, the worst thing that Reich did was inheriting um, 
Bryce Young and 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 I mean the rumor is that he wanted CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud really fit that mold of him a little bit better. Also, if you bring Frank Reich in, I feel like Drake May fits his mold better than Caleb Williams does because Caleb Williams is 5'11. He makes a lot of off-platform throws. He's somewhat athletic, but not I mean, there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks that are Justin Fields athletic. Uh, but I, I just feel like Drake May, uh, who a lot of I'm not hearing uh, I'm not hearing a lot from Bears fans about Drake May, but I don't want to poo-poo that guy. I mean, he's six five, big dude, makes all the throws you need. He's sneaky, athletic. Uh, so if if we end up with Drake May, don't just say North Carolina quarterback wearing number ten. I don't want him on my team because it, it's deeper than that, fellas. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Jordan, well, give me your offensive coordinator and uh, and and talk, and then then we can talk about some of these guys as a whole. I guess. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you guys want me to talk about any of the specific ones, I'm I'm not Mr. Ball or anything, but I think I watch a lot of football and I have a decent uh, pulse on a lot of these guys. But I, I put out on uh, Twitter earlier this week, and I still stand by this. I think that Eric the Enemy is the the right choice in my opinion, and uh, it's it's not because I necessarily think that's who I would want if I was a Bears fan, but I'm just. It's more about like what is realistic. Uh, depends on obviously the relationship with Brian Poles, and but um, obviously there's a relationship going back to Kansas City. Um, there's a relationship going back to uh, you know this this general offense that Justin Fields ran when Matt Nagy came in. And I understand everybody hates Matt Nagy and all that, but the reality is I don't think we've seen Justin Fields as successful um, or as confident as when he was striking the ball under Matt Nagy in year one. So. Um, you tend to think that uh, Eric Bieniemy could come in and do that. Also, Eric Bieniemy is just—it's easy for me to say I'm not being coached by the guy, um, but I like hard asses. I like culture setters. I like people that don't take any shit, uh, and that is what uh, Eric Bieniemy is. He is. Yeah. Was he let go with Rivera? Uh, no, but I mean, here's the reality: like it, when they're all let go, it's kind of like Shane Waldron's situation. Like Pete Carroll, it's when when you when you rinse the top, everybody else kind of scatters, and they're allowed to search for opportunities. Um, so I imagine that Eric Bieniemy won't be retained, especially with that new ownership with whoever they want to hire. Um, so it's a situation where, again, I don't necessarily think this will happen because I've never seen the McCaskies or anybody in that Bears organization like a hard ass, like somebody that's going to tell it like it is. Um, but if you're talking about getting the most out of Justin Fields, getting a offense that's proven, and I know everybody's going to say, well, you know, Sam Howell looked like trash this year and everything, and I'm going like Sam Howell is a fifth round rookie who. Um, did pretty well, all things considered, and they didn't have a great offensive line in Washington. Um, biggest concerns with the enemy is he doesn't run the ball a ton, um, so you're going to have to deal with some of that. Um, but as far as actually, I mean, the reality is he was incredibly effective when he ran the ball, though, um, as I'm kind of going over some of their some of their statistics. They did rank 32nd in the league, so last in the league in rushes per game, <clears throat> but um, yards per rush, 4.4, so 4.5 yards per rush, number 7 in the league overall. Um, so when they do run the ball, they run effectively, and it's because they're spreading out defenses in the past game. So, um, again, I just think that Justin Fields is a guy that's shown to be a leader. He's willing to accept hard coaching. I think Eric Bieniemy would coach him uh, hard but love him in a way that I think um, you'd want from a coach. Isn't going to be this kind of soft Luke Getzey type. Um, and then I think is going to make use of a guy like DJ Moore, all the receiving weapons that presumably you're going to bring in in that draft. Mm. Um, so to me, I think that – uh, you know, the enemy's the guy. I see like PZ saying the enemy will get your QB killed. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the reality, though, too, is and this is, you know, we I'm not presuming Justin Fields is here because uh, yeah, absolutely. Justin Fields is in your backfield. Yeah, you're, you're he's going to take a lot of sacks just like Sam Howell did. Um, but if you get a young quarterback and hopefully you can 
kind of train him to get get the ball out. Hopefully that would, that would solve. The Commanders had had did not have the best talent. Man, what's he talking about? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think um, the enemy. If he was the guy that we brought in uh, last year, I'm glad he went where he went uh, to be under a defensive minded head coach because I feel like that was a huge knock on Nagy, especially after failing here. Is okay. He's under Andy Reid. Andy Reid runs that show. You don't want an offensive coordinator from under them. So I was happy when I saw the enemy went under a defensive-minded head coach where he's running the show. And Sam Howell, for all the hate he's going to get in the chat, he had really good numbers, passing numbers. The the numbers that they complained Justin doesn't get, Howell was getting those numbers, but he was also leading the league in, in the amount of times he was sacked. Uh, so you you have, you have to take that into consideration, along with what do they have on their offensive line compared to what do we have on our offensive line? Remember, their biggest offensive lineman was Brandon Scherf, and he left him free agency. Uh, I can't name a, a, a big name on the Washington offensive line. Uh, they were kind of duct taping that thing together and hoping that it worked out. Um, Charles Leno. Yeah, touche. Touche. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so Charles Leno is their left tackle, uh, former Bear. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, having the ability to run the show uh, would be a, a, a good thing. Um, I do think – do you think that that would point us in the direction of Caleb Williams if we brought in the presumably. Jordan? Yeah, presumably. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you would have to assume. And, I mean, whether or not we – I, I I don't know what we're going to happen with what we're going to see happen with Caleb Williams. I will. I know it's very early to plant your flag, um, but he is not the quarterback I would take for the Bears. Um, and I uh, like him. I mean, I was in our private chat talking about yeah. how much I think I, I, I like the guy, but um, it's not even so much about like his character or anything. I know he cries in his mom's arms, all that. He paints his fingernails, wears dresses, the whole deal. I just like my thing is I just don't know how that plays in Chicago. That's all. Um, I mean, he was crying after – and I'm not against crying. Look, look, man, we get emotional after after competition. Um, so I'm not mad that he was he was upset about losing his chances at a Heisman, at a playoff chance, all that thing, all those things. But it's just what happens when you lose to Green Bay uh, at home and the reporters, because Chicago media is vicious, is just, you know, chewing a guy out. So um, that's why I don't necessarily think that – And they're not half as vicious as New York media. No. And that's where I just want to be very clear. Eric Bieniemy is the guy that I think would make sense, but I, I'm very clear to distinguish. The Bears are not likely not going to hire Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I see all these people going, well, that's why they're trying to stick under the McVeigh tree, and they're going with all the guys that run the same system. They don't want to have to learn a new system. I understand all that. I'm not telling you I think Eric Bieniemy is the most likely. Just mm. if if it was a best choice, yeah. that would be point. who I try to answer. That's uh, who. Who's running the system that's closest to what the Bears' crappy system they're running now, right now? In it's theory, be somebody it would like be, Kubiak, right? Yeah. yeah, in theory, it would be someone under the Shanahan McVay yeah. tree because yep. it's a long branch off of it. But uh, Getsy was supposed to be from that same tree, you know, under Lafleur. Didn't call plays. I think my biggest thing is I want a guy who's called plays before and he's done it before. I don't want uh, and, and this chatter, John Falsetta, uh, threw out the name Cliff Kingsbury and Draft Williams. Yeah. I think Kingsbury, much like Liam Cohen, needs more seasoning, more time calling the plays. 
Uh, and, I'll tell and you, I right, don't even know if he does year, call he'll, plays. They'll and, light it up the first year, and everyone will be like, "Wow!" Then after a year, when everyone realizes, you know, and figures it out, it won't be. They won't. You know, it won't be as good as the as the, the bloom will be off the rose. Well, you so, got right. people over here like PZ saying the enemy is not a teacher; he's a disciplinarian. I, that's the thing that I think is a positive. Like, when is the last time you saw the Bears actually being held accountable on any side of the ball in any real meaningful way? And to that point, I think there's a situation where, yeah. to your uh, AC, you did it, you explained it excellently. You watched Eric Bieniemy, and there was ser- serious questions about who's really calling the plays in Kansas City. Why is he never hired? He went outside. And I, everybody's going to say, well, you know, Dotson and, and so on, McLaurin regressed. He went outside, had to call offensive plays. You know Ron Rivera wasn't putting a lot of input on that. It was strictly the Eric Bieniemy show. Yeah. And they, the whole thing is it wasn't some bottom-of-the-league offense. They had a Swiss cheese offensive line. Their quarterback was young. Uh, somebody was talking about, you know, Jordan loves how. Uh, that dude's a loser. I'm going, how put up more yards than Justin Fields can fucking dream up uh, in the NFL? So, I mean, you could sit here and come at me about stuff like that. But the reality is – We've seen what Eric Bieniemy can do as an offensive play caller with a defensive head coach that wants nothing to do with that side of the ball and says, can you just manage and make this shit work? That is something that you've seen where I don't think you've necessarily seen it as much with the other candidates. Yeah, I do like this this comment from John Falsetta. Um, uh, I like Waldron because he's been under different trees, McVay, Carroll, and Belichick. So he's learning from three of the greatest coaching minds that we have in the league today and he's yep. able to pull pieces from each of them and make it work uh i i think that's a that's a great uh waldron what? is cool there's no problem with waldron I, yeah. watching waldron i think my thing with him is i and it's it works when it works it's beautiful but i could just see bears fans getting pissed off um he uses the funkiest personnel packages you'll ever see um which is like really cool to watch but then you're gonna get pissed off when he's got Three different reverses and a tight end leak and wide receiver screens. Yeah, it's We've well. As long as he doesn't no have uh, Tyler Scott trying to block the two hundred fifty pound defensive Trent end. William. Trent, what was that? Kid, what's that kid's name? Trent Taylor. Yeah. He was trying to block Marshawn uh, uh, Gary. Gary. Yeah. That play was. Oh. That's I, what, I didn't even know what they were the running when they lined up. I, I just. That's your offensive coordinator that we had. Yeah. Bonehead. So, yeah. I see somebody going like uh, Caldwell, Jim Caldwell. And I'm like, Jim Caldwell is, he's is 68 a years old. He's a fossil. Like, it's not, I don't, I, I'm sure but he he's takes still better than Luke Getze. And that's yeah. not saying much. It's a low bar. Yeah. Man, and, it, and with Jim Caldwell, they had brought him in for interviews for head coach, and he had a plan of what he was going to do with Justin Fields. And apparently they didn't like that plan. So, I, I mean, maybe they bring him in, but I don't know. I mean, you want to talk about a teacher. He's a guy who would definitely be a teacher, I think. But uh, I just – I don't know, man. I, so, we've talked about all the offensive coordinators. We've talked about the quarterbacks. We've talked about the season ending. Um, I just – I don't know what else we can really talk about. Um, I got maybe. some things here. Well, yeah, if go we're, ahead, If, if we're going to look back at the 2023 season – and we're going to talk about people like Poles and Eberflus and the players and things like that. We're going to look at the successes and the failures of this season. You know, success DJ Moore. Had a great year. You know, bringing him here was great. We got – Had a career number, year. Had a career year. We, we, uh, uh, we brought – we got DJ – we got a number one wide receiver and didn't have to do a ton of work. You know, we traded the number one pick. Uh, we got Carolina's number one pick this year and their number one last year. And we got DJ Moore. And he – you know, he delivered, all right? Uh, 
We got Darnell Wright. I would say that was a success. Pretty good player. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, good player. Uh, Gervon Dexter, good player. Cole Komet took a step. Uh, Montez Sweat trade. That totally changed the complex of our defense. Yeah. Uh, you, could, you could say that the defense took a big leap when he came here. Uh, Braxton Jones improved. I don't know if it's, if you can say he's a, a, a long-term starter. He had some injuries. Jalen Johnson had top numbers in the league this year, uh, uh, top five quarter, quarterback. Second team All-Pro. Yeah, and he's second team. Uh, but, you know, it, we'll, we'll, we could talk about Jalen Johnson's contract situation. But, I mean, if you're if he's too uh, expensive, I saw, you know, there's a guy on the Chiefs that probably either less less money that's pretty damn good. You saw I last I know, Poles kind of put any Le, of those to Legereus rest. Steve, man, I'll anyway, take him. So. I, I'll take him or Jalen Johnson already, but. All right, uh, the, the Panthers uh, choking this season and giving up the number one pick to us this year. That's a plus. Uh, we, ent- we enter this offseason with a bunch of different options, but st- we still haven't solved the quarterback or offensive coordinator system. So the failures, Justin Fields didn't take that third-year leap. That's definitely a failure. We know it. We're not we're not trying to defend it. We just want to give you the context because we think that, that uh, a good coach could have gotten more out of him. All right, Matty mm-hmm. Rufus and Luke Getze. Were in, are, they proved themselves to be uh, uh, potentially out, be outcoached every week. Two and ten in the division. Three blown fourth quarter leads of ten or more points. Two coaches inexplicably leaving for HR violations or personal conduct reasons. Darnell Mooney regress that could largely be uh, 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 injury related. Chase Claypool trade that was a definitely a negative. We wasted a second round pick. On he that. went and cursed the Dolphins after he left. On that guy, he went to the Dolphins. He got one catch. That was a horrible trade. I mean, come on. Uh, they went into the season with no good plan at center. You know, the our center, our center, our interior offensive line I, is not. I don't good. know. I think their their plan in theory was to have yep. Lucas Patrick, a veteran center who knew the offense and yep, knew that the was calls, the and, and I think. So their plan, in theory, would have worked. He just wasn't good enough. That's just that's what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, um, it, it, I don't want to. I don't want to like rule out the possibility that Eberflus and Fields could still be gone because we saw the Chicago Cubs do something similar. Nobody thought they would trade David Ross or uh, fire David Ross, but when yeah. Craig Council became available, they hired. They scooped him up. They got rid of David Ross. They hired a uh, uh, Craig Council. Um, I know it's baseball and whatever, but no, no, I'm just saying, uh, I, I don't think they will, but they could, and they should, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, uh, to me, I don't, I don't think Super Bowl winning coach and Matt Eberflus will, will ever be heard in the same sense. That's just my, that's just me. I don't, I don't think he's a good coach. No. No. You know, I, I don't care what the, if the players like him, uh, the, the the locker room is one thing. The locker room loves Justin Fields. The locker room loves Matt Eberflus. But you know, uh, in the end, uh, Ryan Poles or Kevin Warren or whoever's making the decisions—that's another problem. Whoever's making the decisions, I, it seems like there's a bunch of people that got input here from George McCaskey on down. You know, that probably have input into whatever the Bears are doing, and that's a big fucking problem because mm-hmm. when you have a bunch of people who aren't on the same page. You know, uh, maybe maybe McCaskey saying, "Well, Kevin, you know, you're going to run this." And Kevin's like, "Ryan, many, it's your Ryan, it's your show." You too know, many Ryan, cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks. Too many cooks spoil the pot. AC exactly. <laughs> so I mean, uh, 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 to me, the main question is, uh, you have to you have to uh, fix the offensive coaching. 
and you have to decide what you're going to do at quarterback. Because if you're going to move on from fields, you better move on soon and get some picks before this draft. I, I feel like they could pull it all the way up to draft night. I mean, yep. I know he would lose some some uh, trade value, but yeah, after the combine, you'll start hearing rumors of, okay, this team wants this quarterback, this team wants this quarterback, this team wants this quarterback. There's going to be a team that doesn't get their quarterback wherever it falls. And that would be a place where you could see them moving Justin Fields to. I know I said Atlanta earlier in the year, but I mean, you look at free agency, you got guys like Russell Wilson's going to hit free agency. Kirk Cousins is going to hit free agency. So maybe you'll see those players taking up some of those spots, but I feel like Justin would still have trade value to one of those teams. And, yeah, he's got trade value. Yeah. I don't know if you get a second round pick. We might get a third round pick for Fields. You say that, but look what the yeah. Jets got for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, yeah, they was it a second, second round? a fourth and a sixth yeah. for, for him? So yep. uh, I, it's it's all about how those teams view Justin yeah. as opposed to uh, we're just fans, you know. Just, just us and George McCaskey, we're on the same level. Uh, you know? If you're talking about a, a trading first-round picks with the, the Raiders and sending Max Crosby here and we send them our, you know, whatever, uh, our pick, swap of picks and and Fields and, and, and Max Crosby, I'd have to consider it, man. I'll, Max Crosby, opposite side of Montez Sweat. Well, Crosby said that he, he would ask for a trade if Pierce wasn't uh, right. held on to. Um, yep. but then you look, then you start looking at the cap and how much are you going to be paying both yeah. of your defensive ends? And because Crosby's coming up, has he been paid yet? He's already been paid. He's already, yeah, been yeah. Paid. he's got a he's got the bag. Um, I remember drafting that guy in mock drafts in the seventh round. Seventh uh, it was round. in Eastern Michigan, I think, or Central. Yeah, Michigan. we played Eastern Michigan with him on the field, and he Shit. was that entire team. <laughs> <laughs> he was that entire team. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to ask Jordan a question though. Uh, if uh, if you're uh, at the top of the draft, uh, you have options. Say you take uh, Williams or May, or you're trading back. Um, what's your choice of quarterback? And if you're going to trade back, is that the overall preference? What I think should slash will happen is I think that. And some of it's just about like you wouldn't trade back if you had conviction in a guy because you'd be afraid to lose him. It's just that's too it's too much like advanced math game theory. That's just not going to happen. So um, I think that Drake may makes the most sense uh, because at the end of the day, I, I have been plenty of concerns with all these quarterbacks and all these players for what it's worth. But um, to me, when you look at guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, the physical freaks, um, that is Drake May. And even if I don't I have questions about what, how much he could stand up to you know the, the media and deal with the criticism and is he ready yet i think that's the guy i mean you look the reason i say that is you look at guys like justin herbert and or josh allen and they always find a way to at least make games interesting entertaining um i think that'll be fun to watch as far as i know the north carolina no thanks that's the problem too somebody said earlier like uh don't don't come at me with the north carolina number 10 that's the worst part is you're gonna hear that thousands of times because yeah 
people don't open their fucking eyes and watch football. If it was any other team, we wouldn't hear it, though. Yeah, no, no, no. They just don't open their eyes and watch the fucking game. So it's it's amazing to me. But I mean, you know, that's for the birds. Let the let the let the the speds be the speds. Um, so you know, it's one of those things. So I think to me, that's Drake May. If I had it my way, and I know this is gonna set people off, I what everybody's like trade back, get some picks, or keep Justin Fields. Go ahead and trade back, and then go get JJ McCarthy at a range that you know is more acceptable because. I and I'll be very quick here. Even though I've said this many times, I think McCarthy is my preferred option. And then people go, "Well, then why wouldn't you take him number one?" And it's like because even I could admit, you don't have to. Today he's not number one, but I'm not drafting a quarterback for what he is today. I'm drafting him for what he will be. And I think that JJ McCarthy, with ten plus pounds in a year or two with, you know, presumably a better team when he gets drafted lower in the first round. Yeah, to a, Better coaching. A better coaching. This is the guy that I think I'd want to hitch my wagon to. And to your point, Tooch, I don't have to take him. And I know B-Mine is going to say that too. I mean, that's great. 27-1, what a national championship, beat Ohio State three times. The like, kid is smart. He's, he's from Chicago I, area, man. He grew up in LaGrange, Illinois. Come on. And that's the, that's the thing too, Tooch. That's the thing I hadn't even talked about is like he – one, he was a Bears fan. He yeah. understands what this market is. Um, smart kid went to a blue blood program understands expectations um so i mean to me that's and it, it's i've never really i don't think i've said this too loud but i love justin fields even though i crap on him and say he's not the guy anymore i, I liked him coming oh out God. and the, the reason <laughs> here, the, yeah here, here it comes man Tyson uh, know, that's, yeah, that's, that's not good that's oh, why i said boy. let the spets be the spets um that's so i mean to me i just think it's one of those things that um i can't help but look at it and see a situation where uh to me I've always said I'd like a redo with Justin Fields. And I know he's not 6'3", six, six, 230, but he runs the 4'5", high 4'4", four, four, kind of, nobody's Justin Fields, but kind of like Justin Fields. Um, can lock on to receivers, has a little bit more of a deliberate motion, um, can take some sacks from time to time. But uh, I, to me, I think that J.J. McCarthy represents the best do-over you could have at this kid that has the leadership, has the knowledge, understands the market, um, blue blood program the whole deal and that's why i was like well if you like justin fields you should like jj mccarthy but what? game manager man I, wasn't troy aikman and tom brady kind of game managers you know, I, I, hate I know they the had term great, game manager, but you didn't see him running around everywhere you know and yeah they could, i mean the they funny part is navigate the pocket but shit gentlemen you know how much i watch michigan football and i mean i know right. kb here who watches michigan football i understand the whole like he's a game manager but here's the thing is it because he's been asked to do it or not? Mm. And more importantly, every fucking time. KB, back me up on this. If you want to disagree, disagree. Every fucking time he was asked to make one or two throws, he made them. Oh, crazy. man, they, they won the Ohio State game by seven points. Yeah, you know why? Because he fucking threaded a needle to Roman Wilson. Oh, man, you know what? They beat they beat Washington. Guess what? It was because of a 22-yard run, or it was because of a layered throw to Roman Wilson, or it was because of a fucking dig to Colston Loveland. Like, we can go down this road if you want, fellas, yeah. but, like, he makes the right decision almost nailed. all the time, J.J. Yeah, that's why I love him, man. But, but I don't want to take away from J.J., but how much of that is coaching? The coaches know what to get, what to do. I guess the great on Michigan. The coaches are great. The coaches are great. I think Sharon Moore is a fantastic offensive coordinator in the run game. I think his passing concepts are elementary. I think that you have a lot of players that are sitting static and they're not yep. easy. You want to talk about the, well, where were the crossers or where were the slants? There's not yeah. a ton of that. Not, not um, of them. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, I think that, and this is not to downgrade the Michigan coaching staff and Sharon Moore. 
But you want to talk about a guy like Liam Cohen who needs to sit and groom his game. I'd even be okay if Jim Harbaugh, who presumably if he gets hired, if he wanted to take like a Sharon Moore, Sharon Moore can be like your run game coordinator. I can't have him designing my pass concepts at the NFL level. Um, so that's, you know, and then of course, you know, JJ McCarthy's a bum. He was throwing to Roman Wilson, who may be a third round pick, Colston Leveland, who's probably a second round pick next year, and a grad student named Cornelius Johnson that you know nothing about, Samaj Morgan, who's a freshman, and Tyler Morris, who's a sophomore that, again, you wouldn't know these guys because they're not throwing to Roma Dunze or Jalen McMillan or Jalen Polk or Adonai Mitchell or, uh, you know, anybody else you want to go with, uh, Brendan Rice. JJ McCarthy had none of those benefits. None. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, are we just going to start talking about the quarterbacks in the draft now? No, I just it? like you know, you asked me like, who would yeah. I take? That's who I take. I got, I got a Mike Tomlin's been in the playoffs every year of his coaching career. Had Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett this year. Sorry, <clears throat> you know, Pete Those Carroll made the playoffs last year with Geno Smith. You know, Sean McVay made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Do I, do I have to keep going on here without their star quarterbacks? A star quarterback helps. Yeah, we know that. But you, you need both of them to get, get over the hump, man. Yeah. You get to the win at Super Bowl. You need, a, you need a damn good head coach. You need a great offensive mind. You need, a, you need stars on defense and offense. You know, that's what it takes. We don't have it. I right, think uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, so I feel like – Triple Stuck is arguing with himself in the chat because he said, <laughs> what are they doing without their star quarterbacks? And then you start going on the list, and he said, all garbage quarterbacks. I just named all, everything that these exactly guys did. I don't know. Uh, am, I I I think, am I on mute? No, no you're, okay. you're, you're, you're speaking. I'm, all right. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think J.J., again, I started watching him more and more. Um, when I heard Jordan wax poetic about him, and yes, he does make those those plays when he needs to make them. I just, when the game was on the line, it felt to me that Michigan turned to the running game rather than to JJ, and I just feel like maybe that's a knock against him. Maybe it's just the way his coach looked at it. I don't know. I I just, I just think that's funny because, like, and I need to find the exact statistic because people don't usually talk about this shit. Jim Har- this is just Jim Harbaugh football. And uh, it's not even just about like JJ. Andrew Luck came into the NFL with like statistically way less passes in his college career than what, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May or anything. This is just what Jim Harbaugh does. And I'm not telling you, don't have to like JJ if you're like, well, he just didn't throw enough for me to, to draft him. That's fine. That's your opinion. You're allowed to have that. Uh, but to me, I can't help but look at it. And you're right, AC. Like, I guess they, that was the thing is they had a hard on for Blake Corum. And I like Blake Corum. He's a cool running back. Um, every time they got to the five yard line, they were like, He's oh. Matt Forte. Yeah, like they were just Blake like, Blake, 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 Blake. Where you watch uh, Drake May or Caleb Williams, and they're running read options and everything to get those guys touchdowns in the end zone. So some of those stats are missing. Uh, but to the point, too, is I, I guess I hear you, AC, but I watched him in the Rose Bowl against Alabama and the last game that Nick Saban would ever coach. And it was the fourth quarter when they went for it on fourth and two. And it was kind of like, if they don't get this drive, the game's over. And J.J. McCarthy had to throw the ball, and then they ran oh, it with J.J., yeah. and then they had to have him throw it again. Like, they put the ball in J.J.'s hands when it matters. That's true. That's true. That's true. Nails, he comes yeah. through. Like, yeah. But if they had hit their field goals in that game, it wouldn't even went to overtime. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like J- J.J.'s fine. I just – I like Penix. I think he throws the prettiest ball in college football. Um, 
I know Jaden Daniels is getting a lot of love from Bears fans who see the athleticism. The guy threw for 4,000 yards and ran for another 1,000. I would like to wait until the combine to see his size. He's one of those guys. a pretty deep ball too, man. Yeah, yeah, and I don't like his coach either. I think he's a dick, but it is what it is. Um, (laughs) Oh, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, we talked about Drake May. Destroys college football programs wherever he goes. Hey, he's having a good time down there with his family now. <laughs> but uh, And then Drake May, he's got the size. And he has all the things that you look for in a quarterback. And then Caleb Williams is, quote-unquote, generational talent. Makes all the throws, the off-platform throw. That's why people fall in love with Caleb Williams, in my opinion. No, he's, he's got they a see great the off-platform arm, stuff. Yeah, He can work within Quick a Quick release. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the off-platform. And it worries me because – they fell in love with Zach Wilson that exact same way and uh, didn't work out. Go ahead, KB. I just want to answer this. Would I like JJ in the Bears unit? Absolutely. Uh, the, the kid's a winner. He's a leader. I, I've said my piece on him that I, you know, from a standpoint, I felt like we never really asked him to go out and, you know what I'm saying, take over games or win games necessarily. That doesn't mean that he's not a good quarterback. If you can bring JJ McCarthy in and let him sit for a year or two, and he he take in he takes in the NFL atmosphere and he learns how to be a pro, I absolutely believe JJ McCarthy would be amazing. At that point, you can start to ask him, "Hey, go win games for us." Yeah. Uh, right now, yeah, I would love to get him. Do I believe we're going to be able to get him? No, I don't, because <laughs> he's he's probably going to go to the in the first round of some team. And it's gonna be a team that probably doesn't even necessarily need him right now. Uh, and that's all I want for the kid. That's that's, that's literally fine. all I want for the kid. He's that's gonna, fine. He's, he's gonna go to a team that doesn't need him right now. And in a couple years or so, he's gonna start, and everybody's gonna be like, "Why? Who? Why didn't we talk about JJ McCarthy sooner?" That's that's gonna be him. Vikings or Rams? Please, for God's sake! I, love I don't want. I don't know. I don't want to see him yep. anywhere in NFC North. Uh, well, that's fine. You can send him to the Rams. I'll come yeah. watch him locally. Tonight, Stafford. Like, yeah, he can go. I wanted, I wanted Levis to follow the Rams. <laughs> That'd be a perfect spot for JJ to be the Rams yeah. because Stafford's got a year or two left at the advanced age. He's got the injury history. You know, yeah. he's going to one of the best offensive minds who's going to coach yeah. him up. He can get a few spot starts if Stafford gets hurt and he has to kind of shoulder the load. I mean, outside of that, where he sits behind a clear veteran, because that's what I'm talking about. Everybody says, like, you love J.J. McCarthy. I'm not telling you to play the kid early. Let him develop. The only way I would be okay with him playing early is if he was paired with Jim Harbaugh. And the only reason for that is I know Jim Harbaugh will take care of the kid. I know that he won't put more on him than he has to. Um, so, for example, like if, you were, if the Raiders ended up hiring Jim Harbaugh and they took J.J. McCarthy at 13, I typically would say with anywhere else that's a bad move. Um, because they will play J.J. early. But with a Jim Harbaugh-led team, I don't think he puts a ton on J.J.'s plate. J.J. will make his mistakes. He'll throw his interceptions like every other rookie quarterback does. And that's yep. not C.J. Stroud, I kid, but uh, it's just that kid doesn't throw a lot yeah. of them. Um, I was going to say, Winder said that he doesn't think J.J. goes in the first round. If he if he didn't go in the first round and the Bears somehow got a second-round pick and he was there, oh, I will absolutely take him. Yeah, absolutely. Great. That would be a great value. I mean, it's it's hard for me to see JJ in the first round or a Bo Nix that some people are talking about in the chat when I watched my guy Will Levis drop to the second round last year. Like that dude 
had I mean and we, and we saw it. Who was the second best rookie quarterback last year? And damn sure wasn't Bryce Young. Uh I think it was Will. Will, Will did what awesome. he had to do in Tennessee. Awesome. He when the, when the game was on the line, he's going for it. Uh, they fired his coach, and we'll see. I think they're going to go with an offensive mind in Tennessee. Um, but uh, I just to it, to Falsetta's question here, JJ hasn't declared yet. He's supposed neither to is declare. Caleb Williams, right? Well, McCarthy has said yesterday they had their celebration for the championship at the Chrysler Center. He said yesterday that he would be declaring today or making an announcement today. Uh, but here's my point. Like, just that, this is why I'm talking about him. Like, it's he's coming out, and is it possible he goes back? Absolutely. But if you were going back to school, I would imagine in front of all those fans, you would want the public roar and appraise of going like, because they were yelling at him one more year, one more year. He'd have been like, I'm coming back. Like, they all do. Um, for him to sit here and say, I'll, you know, I'm going to put an announcement out tomorrow. It's let me get away from the public. I'll just mute the post. I don't have to see all the shit. Hey guys, thanks so much. Go blue. I was a great three years. I'm on the way to the NFL. That's how you make that decision. So like I said, could he absolutely be going back to Michigan? Possibly, but I really don't see that as the case. He said this morning he'll be posting something. So I imagine um, within the next few hours, you'll see an announcement that he's declaring for the draft. Why would you not? His stock right. is never going to be higher. He's got mm-hmm. one loss on his record, won the national championship, um, all the talent on that Michigan team. And I don't want to say all of it, but a lot of the those Donovan Edwards may come back, but Blake Corum's gone. AJ Barner's gone. Zach Zinter's gone. Um, I mean, all those players are leaving to a point that he's going to have a few, Michigan's going to be a worse team. So I just think he, he would leave. Yeah. Uh, and I think if, if Harbaugh goes, uh, he'll definitely be uh, declaring. Cause I'll tell you, that's the one that's going to kill me is if Harbaugh goes to the chargers, he's not taking JJ with him, uh, which is unfortunate because uh, I mean, we'll see if, I could see the Chargers likely hiring him, but I also think the Chargers don't like a uh, polarizing figure the same way that the Bears didn't weren't even interested in Harbaugh because they don't like anybody that resembles Ditka uh, in the way that they're a tough. Which is which is sad because that's the guy who brought him a Super Bowl. Yeah, hundred percent AC. Uh, How about the game script today for the Rams Lions with Stafford against his old team? Man, I've already bet the Rams money line. Uh, (laughs) I think. Especially if Laporta's not 100% healthy for the Lions. Uh, I, I, I think he's playing. But but how much is he going to play? No, he's not going to play. play. <laughs> is he going to play like Komet did at the end when his yeah. knee was bothering him? Or or is he going to yep. be the same Laporta that they've needed? I, I, I don't know. I've, already, I've got two upsets in the playoffs. One was the Rams and the other one's Tampa. I've already bet both of them. So, I uh, yeah, I like Tampa as well, too. I mean, the Eagles have just – their defense has just gone downhill, man. Now Chris, are you watching these games today and tomorrow, or uh, what are you watching for in these playoffs? Yeah, definitely watching the games, fella, yeah, because it sort of makes you realize that there's only like about another two, three weekends of games left of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, look forward to the games. I mean, I don't really – well, God knows what's happened to Philadelphia, that sort of, you know, slump they've been going through. You know, especially where, you know, there was sort of like 10 and 1 at one point or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to have a tough game. And uh, I think the Cowboys are going to win at home out there, really. Uh, even though I hate the Cowboys nearly as much as the Packers. I'd have said anybody who calls themselves America's team and shit like that. So, uh, <laughs> I don't like any of that crap, man. So, uh, yeah, I've never been a lover of the Cowboys. But, yeah, I think the game's been, you know, they've been pretty good. I mean, obviously... With a weather yesterday, Kansas, it obviously affected the game plan, but 
the game before that was pretty good against Houston and the Browns. And and I want to I, before going into the game, I didn't think Houston would win that game. And that sort of makes you think about that thing about fields is well, what about if if we do pick somebody and then like that's our Stroud of next season? Because you just see. You know, you see what's happened in Houston and how far they're going into the playoffs now. And it's just that thing of, oh, what about if or it might be, you know what I mean? I mean, I think they'll probably stick with fields and uh, try and sit down a bit. But, yeah, it's just it's just great to have football on because obviously the season's so short. So I'm watching the game tonight and then uh, still sort of like, you know, it's hard because obviously the Bears aren't playing. So the passion's gone because you're just watching it up for some... Uh, some decent football to watch. So, uh, yeah, should be some good games, boy. I hope there's some upsets, and uh, I hope the Rams absolutely stuff the Lions because that must be hilarious. Whoa, Donny boy. What about the uh, London game? Are you going to the London game? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, should be going with my um, co-host on the, 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 British Bear ca- the British Bears podcast on BCP, uh, a guy called Jason UK Bear. So uh, he lives sort of quite near London anyway. So, uh, yeah, definitely your type game. I'm going to be the home side team as well. So it'll be Bears orientated. I missed out when the last played. So that'll be really, really cool to go to. And then, yeah, so we get back to America as well next season uh, for a couple of Bears home games. So uh, get ready for Carnage Mark too. <laughs> yeah, I, I had. Um... You were the first person I thought of when I saw they were going back to London next year. I'm happy for you as a fan to be able to see them in your backyard. You know, yeah. you you would be able to host them this time. Um, yeah, yeah. And the thing as well is, I'm not I'm not been to. Uh, I mean, I'm not a massive soccer fan anyway, but uh, I've not been to Spurs' new ground, and they actually have like uh, an NFL pitch underneath the soccer pitch. Oh, and cool. uh, like when they actually built the stadium, like. Uh, the NFL made sure they incorporated like larger change rooms for the NFL games and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's quite, you know, it always looks a really nice stadium. But yeah, it'd just be cool because it'll be predominantly Bears fans. But at the international games, it's more like uh, like a Super Bowl thing where you just see fans and loads of different teams' jerseys. Because obviously, you know, people just come because they want to go to an NFL game. And uh, I think it was the 49ers against the Jaguars when I last went. Uh, about 10 years ago and uh yeah it's cool but it, it's not as good as going to a game in in america not you know with you boys and uh just sort of you know getting the real experience i mean surrounded by you know all everybody's like bear fans it was just amazing so uh yeah it should be good man yeah i look forward to going and uh yeah i'm quite glad it's not wendler really. i think i think Wendler's game's a bit it's got a bit of a stale atmosphere really so hopefully that that being a, a soccer ground, hopefully the atmosphere is going to be really good as well. So, uh, yeah, nice chip. But the thing is that the Bears fans lose a home game, don't they? Because it's a home game. So I feel slightly guilty for that, especially if you're a, a season ticket holder. So, uh, yeah, where does the winners are lost in there? Or maybe the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I, jeez, uh, um, I was looking at the schedule of the home and away. Uh, I'm not sure who they're going to be playing over there. I was hoping that they played because I knew they played the Titans. I was hoping they were coming down to Nashville, but they right. had the home game. So, uh, unfortunate. unfortunately, the closest they get to me is Indianapolis this year, but maybe I'll make another uh, pilgrimage up to <laughs> Chicago. And uh, hopefully I can stick around, and uh, I'd love to meet uh, 
Andrew again, KD. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I know last last year I had to hurry back home because I had to work the next day. If oh, we yeah. figure it all out this year, I'll be taking that missed, Monday off. Missed all the festivities. Yeah, yeah. All the pictures I took. And that I got one. my Billings jersey this year, so I'll just I'll be rocking for a big cuz. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, this is this is the point, man. We don't know uh what Justin Fields could be because he hasn't had a chance or hasn't had coaching, whatever. You know, I know people are saying, Well, we all know what he is. You know, we don't. That's why there's that's why we're debating this, you know. If yeah. if he's if if they get rid of him, I'm fine. I'm still gonna root for the Bears. If if they get rid of him, we get better. Even that's that's even better. I think it comes down to money. I think that's what it's going to come down to because quarterbacks. By the time his contract's up, quarterbacks are going to be asking for fifty million a year, and I just don't see that financially lining up with where we'll be at in the rebuild. Especially that's why that's why you trade him now while he's got value before you have. It's not even just just that. Like if you're Ryan Poles, and I've said this for a while, it's not a guy. I'm not gonna let my ship shit my ship sink with Ryan Pace's quarterback. It's just not gonna fucking happen. Yeah. And I can't guarantee that I'm gonna have number one again. So right. and this is the other thing is if I take a quarterback, I'm not saying it ha- I'm not saying that you are guaranteed this, but you at least can make the case. Well, come on, Kevin, come on, George. I took my guy. We gotta at least see him develop. It gives you a new lease on life as GM if you select a quarterback. As opposed to rolling out there with Ryan yeah. Pace's guy again, like it just makes too much sense. You think he's about to roll out and and sink on the ship that is Ryan Pace's guy? No, I'm taking my quarterback so I can make a pitch to George and Kevin. That come on, let the, let my guy develop. He's and he's that's be that's too. what GMs do, man. Yeah, he's got to buy himself the, more time. And the second part of your point was very big there. Uh, we like if we didn't have the Panthers pick. We would only be picking ninth right now. Sure. We would have had to trade up for someone. Whereas we are in the driver's seat in the draft simply because Carolina sucks, and because of the trade that Poles made. And well, he fleeced the hell out of them out there. He got their whole coaching staff and GM staff fired and pissed off the owner. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, Ryan, like Ryan Poles is going to want to draft his quarterback, just like yeah. Justin said. So don't be surprised. We've been know? on for almost two hours now, fellas. And uh, uh you gotta be somewhere. Well, my wife <laughs> my wife's kind of been texting me wondering what's going on and how long I'm gonna be. So uh uh I mean I guess we don't do you guys wanna go around and make a prediction of who you think the OC will be? And then uh and then we'll close this thing out. I'll start with KB and go around. Damn, man, why you start with me? Oh. You're right under me. Ah, um, you're in the counterclockwise spot down there. Thank you. I won't bevel, but I don't think I don't know. I don't know. Would it be better if I started at Tooch and came around the other way? I would enjoy that. <laughs> go ahead, Tooch. Tooch, you I, got a name in mind? I'll go with Kubiak, man, just because uh, I love the San Francisco system. Uh, he he he's he's called plays, you know, and he hasn't gotten fired because of his play calling. He's gotten fired because of coaching changes. Head coach, his head coach was fired, and he went, you know, he got fired along with the head coach. So I think uh, I know he's young, he's thirty six and stuff. But if you want to get as close as you can, at least you're going to get 
you're going to get the crossers and slants that we have again. You're not going to have three guys grouped in a five yard zone, you know, at the same time. And, and off, you know, easy, it's easy for a defense to cover guys bunched together, you mm -hmm. know, out, out uh, 10 yards, five, 15 yards down the field. Yeah. So uh, I, I'll go with Kubiak. It's a young offensive mind. Uh, and I think you, you've got to bring some, you got to bring some good uh, quarterback coach, man. I would love to somebody. I would love JT O'Sullivan, you know, as the quarterback coach, because that guy gets Chase, it. Chase Daniel said he's available. Yeah, Chase Chase Daniel, fine. I don't <laughs> care. Somebody who's gonna who's gonna uh, break it down like JT O'Sullivan. So, but uh, Kubiak would be my pick at this point in time. I wanted to. He was in Minnesota in 2013 and 2014. So maybe he's got a little bit of a relationship with Warren as well. I'm not sure of the years that Warren was there. Oh, I mean, and, think, in, and in 2019 through That's 2020. about the same time uh, Warren yeah. was around there. So, yeah, that's a good name. Uh, Chris, I saw you uh, do the oh shucks. Did he steal your name or who do you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two stole my fundamental. I'm saying that Kubiak as well. Uh, just, just it's just a San Francisco thing. Hopefully, it might be a little bit like how the Miami Dolphins head coach has turned out. You know, hopefully, you know they all sort of learn at the same place. Hopefully, you know it might it might be as good as him as a play caller. So uh, I just like his pedigree and that he's done it before. Uh, I think we need that really. You know, because we've had like Nagy were a first time play caller really, and obviously with uh, gets this. I think we we'll see somebody who's been there, done it. Um, uh, for I just uh, I know he had a good year in Washington, but I still feel that a lot of his success was due to Andy Reid and, and also the quarterback. And you, yeah, I think I, I don't know, he might have been teaching on the uh, Dan Alvesh. So it was just saying that he only actually called a real small limited amount of players, you know, you're actually only given responsibility for something like that. So, uh, I want somebody who's actually been on the sideline and done it. So, uh, yeah, he's my choice to me, mate. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I'm pissed off at Tooch and uh, and Chris because I think that Clint Kubiak is – I'll say this. I think that Clint Kubiak would make the most sense, and I hope that – I don't mean to sound this way. I'm not even as invested in the Bears as I usually am, but if I wanted what was best for the Bears, I think Clint Kubiak would be the guy – um, I mean, when you're talking about, I don't know how many, I mean, I know we know it, but I don't think the usual fans know this. Gary Kubiak was really like the brainchild behind the Mike Shanahan offense. Uh, don't get me wrong. Mike, Mike was the, the executor of it or the, you know, the person that executed it. But at the end of the day, Gary was really in the background making it work. And um, if you want, and you love that offense, which I'm not a huge fan of, but the bears clearly love it. Um, no, I love it. I know I, a lot of people do. I get it. It's no denying it's effectiveness. Yep. Then you would be best served to go get, the child of that guy, which is Clint Kubiak. Clint is, is born and bred in that offense. Um, and that's even more than Waldron, who's got a variety of different influences coming from different places. Yep. So to me, I think that Clint makes the most sense. He's I loved his offense. Uh, now, again, I don't love the offense, but when it was in Minnesota, I loved it. I was like, it's pretty good. Like he, he had rhythm. Um, so to me, I think Clint Kubiak's probably the right answer, although I will – for the Jordan's sake, the offense I like, because I know I'm like, people are like, how do you not like this offense? The offense I like is the North Turner offense. Um, so to me, if we're talking about sons of kids, uh, Scott Turner is out there. And you guys, the Bears will not be signing Scott Turner as their offense coordinator. But um, Scott Scott Turner would be the the name I'd put on the table because 
Um, he was the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator, not last year, but the year before. Um, and a good mix of vertical passing game, running the ball, uh, gets into a variety of formations. So uh, Scott Turner is one of my favorite names that will not be a Bears offensive coordinator. So give me Clint Kubiak. Could he be possibly a quarterback's coach or offensive assistant of some sort? He could. Or? He could. He was an assistant of some sort for Josh McDaniels this year with the Raiders. Um, so he could. But, I mean, like, real quick on the side of – I don't know if uh, KB is going to go Waldron or somebody else. But, I mean, we keep talking – we hear about Greg Olson. Greg Olson was actually the quarterback's coach under Waldron this year. I don't know for anybody that's not familiar with that. So, um, it's a situation similarly where, to your point, I see – could you get another quality guy under as like a QB coach or an assistant? Absolutely. I think Scott Turner would be open to doing that. Yeah. KB, you've had all this time to thank, brother. <laughs> Who you got for me? All right. I'm going to go with the real yeah. <laughs> He's been interviewed. I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off what my boy George said. I'm, I am going to go with Shane Waldron. Like I said, I've done, I've done my research on him the most so far. I, I, I would love a parent. Like I said, Kubiak would be enough would be amazing to me. Um, but you get Waldron. Waldron has been has been calling plays for the past three years. And he also had Greg Olson underneath him. So mm-hmm. if it was a way that you can you can lure them both here, we would we will be getting, you know what I'm saying, the most bang for our for our buck to me in that in that that kind of context. Because hey, you get the play caller and then you get the guy that works really well with, with quarterbacks. Uh I like I like his scheme. I like the way he plays. He calls plays. Yeah, people say he calls he calls uh, screen passes, but he seems to call screen passes when they need to be called instead of mm. calling back to back after one just failed. Uh, so I, I would take the Shane Walter pick. Uh, I I am very I, I love the Kubiak pick. That he would be he would be great in my opinion too. Uh, but. If I had, if you put a gun to my head today and say who's the who would be the OC next year, I would say Shane Walter. I, I like that pick as well. Um, what he's done with Tyler Lockett, I feel like he could do the, a lot of those things with DJ Moore. And I've seen rumors that the Bears may be interested in a Mike Evans uh, to go along with DJ. You put him in that DK role, and 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 your offense is cooking with gas. Um, I love the Kubiak. You guys know I love the San Francisco offense. I could wax poetically about them yep. forever. For We'll be here for three hours. Um, but if you're asking me who I think they'll end up with, I think Frank Reich is the answer. I think Frank Reich will come in, be the offensive coordinator, and really do all of the offensive things. And Eberflus knows he doesn't have – it's almost like – when Nagy brought in Vic Fangio to run his defense, he didn't have to do anything with him. He just said, you run your thing. I'll, 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 I'll work with mine, you know, and if you want my input, I'll help you out, but it's, it's your show and you can run it. And I feel like they're going to look for something like that with an offensive coordinator. Um, he has a history. He had four different quarterbacks in four different years at the Indianapolis Colts. He made the playoffs three out of those four years. Again, he went down to Carolina, and I feel like the issue was he didn't do great, but no one under him helped him out or above him helped him out either. Uh, the The ownership was really had their hands on the draft and everything else and didn't let him do his thing. And if he's able to be put in a position where he only has to take care of his side of the ball and doesn't have to worry about anything else – I think he can succeed. And if you're asking me who I think the Bears are going to go with, I think 
they like all of those things. So uh, I, I think he's the answer. Um, before we get out of here, we have 85 viewers currently, and we have 24 likes. So if you could hit the like, we'd appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to the Barroom Net. Did you guys want to do shout-outs, or am I taking oh, all yeah. this? Uh, so we'll go around, go around and do shout-outs, and then I'll close this out. You, whichever. Uh, yeah, I'll start that. Uh, of course, man. As always, shout out, shout out to to my boys that that got on here, man. My, Jordan Tooch, C Dub, my boy AC. You know what I'm saying? We've been doing this shit all year, man. Uh, you know, I love the back and forth banner. You know what I'm saying? It, it it it's always good to go back and forth, even if we don't agree on certain points that other that others agree on or feel the right. Uh, that being said, man, shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to the haters. We know y'all in there. Shout out to the people that act like they know football that don't know football. <laughs> uh, because y'all y'all boost the views. It is what it is. Hit like on the way out. Eat a dick also. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, I re I had a, a fan reach out to us. Uh, well, reached out to me yesterday. Named Blaster, guy over off of uh, Twitter or X, however you want to call it, saying that he's a, he's been a fan of the show for years, and you know what I'm saying he's been a Bears fan for over 40 years. Uh, shout out to him for reaching out just to say, hey man. I'm a fan, you know what I'm saying? That that was dope to me because in my opinion, man, it's just it's just five assholes sitting in a group yelling at each other about football. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I appreciate anybody who gets up in the morning and says, Hey, I gotta I gotta link in and tune in with them because I, I fuck with them. So I, I I had to shout out my man. Uh he also brought up a valid point. Hey, maybe we get to a certain point. In May or wherever the case may be, April, where we bring in a couple fans on the show just to, just to talk, man. You know, I kind of feel like that's how me and AC got our start. We were just fans, and yeah. they they we we got soft fit that somebody showed us some love and gave us a platform, and now we're here. Uh, like I said, man, shout out to everybody in the bar room, man. Everybody doing anything? Yeah, we finna hit a we're gonna hit a low point, kind of. You gonna have some betting shows going on still with Tucci and them doing a. Uh, probably basketball, the tuition to do basketball. College basketball, yeah. Yeah, hey, we, they'll be doing that for you so they can make you some money. You know, we'll probably have the, the, the movie show pop back up at some point. Who knows? Man, I, I'll start a curling podcast if we need to, brother. <laughs> Shit, you know what I'm saying? We'll just be out here talking. But uh, like I said, we appreciate everybody that shows love, man. Anybody that gets up in the morning and says they got to link in with us, bro, I appreciate it. and Love all y'all. Absolutely. Go ahead, yeah. Jordan. Yeah, man, it's always you, fellas. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, talking about giving platforms. Um, I could be sleeping still, and you guys uh, invite me <laughs> onto these shows to talk. And I appreciate you even rocking with me when I'm about as far this thing away from being a Bears homer at this point. So um, I appreciate it. Uh, for all those in the chat, um, I guess I appreciate you being here. Uh, you guys know the real ones that are always here. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, for the ones that have a tooch on a heater this morning with blocks and timeouts and oh, yeah. everything else I, going on. It's with some of these fans, the chat it's either one thing or another. You know, it's there's no in between, and I can't stand that shit. A zero sum game. You know, dude. it's a zero sum game. You got to take into effect context. They're like now. Now we're like, if if we had the Texan staff here with Fields, it would be then Fields would be the problem. Who the fuck knows? We don't know who we're playing. We don't know the rest of the roster. We don't know how hard the schedule is. It is, that's football is a fucking team sport, you morons. <laughs> I knew two chat. It was like a firecracker. Let me just light this wick and watch it go. <laughs> so, um, chat, we love you. Appreciate it. Please it's not a fair bigger. question, dude. Like, like, you don't know. You don't know either. 
like, subscribe, do it all. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk again soon, I guess. Whenever we do draft content, you probably won't be back yeah. on. But, uh, Absolutely. If they want to move on from fields, I'm fucking fine. I'm not attached to the dude. <laughs> you know? Dude's fired up this morning. That's why I was like, AC, I was like, let me just light this fucking wick. Bias. 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 I don't give a bit. fuck. I told you. I'm still going to root for the team, bro. But I, all I know is the coaches here fucking suck. Luke Getzey cannot coordinate an offense. Matt Eberflus didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He cost us arguably three or four games. You know, you could say feel. He cost I mean, us a playoff spot. If we win yeah, four more games, we're in the he playoffs. He cost us a playoff spot. It, if Fields is down, in te- if, if Texans coaches are up here, I guarantee you we're fucking better than we are now. Yeah. You know, I, are we a playoff team? I don't know. Maybe. You know. Fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll, Chris, take a, I'll take Chris, a Snickers bar, though, your, Jojo. Uh... I love Snickers. <laughs> I just... Uh... It's like John, John just put me like in a metal crusher doing this before Tucci's shout out. With Tucci's anger to these people and he's right as well. This is like my least favourite time of the NFL calendar is the early off season because all it is is people's opinions. And some people think their opinions that right about but don't really take interest in what everybody else is saying. And it drives me absolutely mad because at the end of the day, we're all just bear fans, but everybody's got the right to their opinion if you agree with it or not. Even though yeah. some of their opinions are a bit fucking dumbass, even for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just sort of thank you. Just want to thank you, boys, as usual. You know, it's just such a. I hate this part of the year because it's especially being a Bears fan because we know we're not going to get into the playoffs most regularly years. So it's like a complete shutdown. But no, it's been awesome to talk to you boys. Uh, shout outs. If there's any British Bear fans watching this, then uh, do catch me on the British Bear show on the BCP channel on a Tuesday evening. It's not one this week, but hopefully one next week. I would love to have a British guest on. That's the idea of a show is to give... Uh, People from the UK and Europe, uh, chance to have their like their viewpoints heard by an American audience. So uh, if if you are British and get in touch, I'd love to have you on. But yeah, it's just going to be a real interesting off season, man. I think it's going to be well, what could affect the organisation for five or six years? And you know, if it is a new quarterback, I just want I just want the team to win. I don't yeah. give a shit about the name on the back of the shirt. I just want yep. whoever's best to be the best quarterback and to be the best. I don't really care as long as we win. And, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, another good show, fellas. And uh, I will now delicately pass it on to Tooch. And get- <laughs> <laughs> delicately. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I can't say much more than I've already said. I mean, look. Uh, Please do. Would these, would these guys rather have like uh, Jaron Hall, or Nick Mullins, Taylor Heineke, uh, Desmond Ritter than Justin Fields? A lot of them would. You know? A lot it of them would, would. It would make moving that, off of that quarterback that's easy. Fucking crazy to me. <laughs> Some people would rather have Tyson Bajant. You know, Tyson Bajant is a backup. He doesn't have a third of the talent that Justin Fields has. Do I care if Justin Fields gets traded? No. Do I know that other teams would love to have Justin Fields play for them? Yes. That's reason enough to know. That's reason enough for me to know that he can play in the league. Mm. You know? And coaching does matter. These guys are all uh, coaching doesn't matter. It's all Fields. Football is a team sport, dude. 
Football is a team sport. Well, is it not a team sport, KB? Last time we checked, it takes it takes uh, 22 guys and, and a huge staff of coaching, personnel, everything, and the Bears just do not have that shit. We don't have it. We never have. We never had a quarterback or anybody who could develop a quarterback here. That's what we need. If if you want to you want to bring in a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator that can develop the next guy, fine. Then get get something for Fields to help this team win. All oh, I know Shorty, is Shorty, don't you fucking start it. I just need <laughs> his comment. Shorty, don't you start it. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you, all I know is right now at this point in time, we need better coaches. We need a better offensive line. We need a couple more wide receivers. And we need another pass rusher on the other side of Montez Sweat. And then you then you come back and talk to me about about who sucks and who doesn't suck because we need like every year we have a, a shit ton of holes to fill in the draft and in free agency. You can, we can't spend a shit ton on a, on an edge rusher because we've spent a whole bunch on Montez Sweat. You have to draft an edge rusher or get some guy on the cheap. You know we need yeah we need a better quarterback. Everybody needs a fucking better quarterback. Did you not see all these idiots who were playing quarterback out there? I just I just uh, labeled a whole bunch of them. Well, one week we had Ty- Taylor Heineke starting, Nick Mullins starting, all sorts of backups that couldn't start on any other team. There's 32 Brian NFL teams. Brian starting there, games this year. Brian there, There's 32 Boyer. NFL teams, and there's, what, five to ten guys who can actually play the play the position at a, at a high level? That's what we're talking about. If you want to get, you want to give the Bears one of those guys, one of those top five, ten quarterbacks, or or you think you can find him in the draft, then fine, let's get him on the Bears. But we still don't have coaches here that could do anything with anybody like that. That's why I said on on uh, Bear Their Souls that uh, Matt Eberflus is probably the type of coach that needs a, a veteran quarterback where he doesn't have to do anything. You know, that's that's what you have as a head coach. You know, so in that case, Kirk Cousins would be the guy that that would fit fine with Matt Eberflus. You know, because Eberflus cannot coach the quarterback position; he can't coach an offense. You know, Luke Getzey could coordinate an offense. That's why he's fired. Matt Eberflus picked two guys who are gone because of personal conduct. He can't pick a coaching staff. He can't close out games. The game plan at the at the end of the three games we lost was crap. It was too conservative. When we come out of the locker room at halftime, we have no adjustments. I'm sorry. Give <laughs> to his own show. No. My <laughs> shout out to these four guys around me are the best. All right. That's my shout out. Aldo Gandia, who runs this uh thing. That's it. You know, I mean, uh, you can, you can. We're arguing, we're arguing. We need so many damn things on this team. That's that's the bottom line. I don't know whether somebody's going to be good here or not, but I know we don't have good coaches. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yep. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to you fellas for coming on here with me this morning and chatting some football. Uh, Tooch needs his own show. He uh... <laughs> no. My wife, my my wife, and your wife would probably kill us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got our own shows. Uh, yeah. Um, that uh, yeah. So, like, comment, subscribe to the bar room. I'll tell you when we go live. A lot of things KB was talking about. We're in the middle of hockey season, where Vinny Parisi's putting in work for. Uh, oh yeah. For for hockey, uh, my, I, I got a radio son. I got a Bedard jersey for Christmas, so I'm getting into hockey. Uh, unfortunately, he's broken his jaw and it's kind of ruined the Blackhawks for me already. And I know it is what it is. He'll come, but he'll keep you informed on all the ho- all the hockey news uh, 
one way or the other. Baseball's on its way back. Cubs convention was this week, so I'm patiently waiting to see what else they do. Please re-sign Bellinger. What are you waiting on, Cubs? No, no uh, one cares. Wow, KB. A lot of people <laughs> care. Life um, country. Oh, okay. I mean, that's why you got Crosstown Crosstalk. It takes care of Cubs and White Sox and other 60 wins a year. KB, Um, you got to go on Crosstown Crosstalk or or, or Southside Hitman. I I might have to, man. Yeah, step in for one show. Come, come Come out of baseball retirement. They would love to have you on, I'm sure, man. Yeah, so so baseball season to come around. They'll cover all that. Um, We'll come back the weekend after the combine, and we will talk about size, speed, all the things we see in the combine, and maybe we'll start putting out um, top five quarterbacks, top five other position wide receivers, depending on which way we're looking at it. Uh, we'll talk about all that stuff after the combine when we get real sizes on these on these players' uh, height and weight and see how fast they run if they run how well they throw, if they throw, and all those things. And then we'll talk about – I mean, we're, we're sitting in first place, you know, number one overall pick. So, it's whatever decision they want – excuse me, whatever way they want to go down, we're, we're in the driver's seat for the offseason. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to the chat, whether we agree with you or disagree with you. I know y'all pissed off too today, but uh, – Oh, no, I'm not pissed off. I just – you know, I can't stand the uh... – the, the, I didn't the mean to light sum, it back up too. Zero sum <laughs> game, like Jordan says, man. There's so much nuance. You can't leave out the context or the nuance. You know, and, and you can't you can't rule out the Bears drafting one of the top two quarterbacks and keeping Justin Fields because they That's can true. do that in this league. You need two guys. How many injuries were there at the quarterback position? Justin Herbert was lost for the season. Who else was lost? Kirk Cousins was lost for the season. You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers oh, lost for the season for the first series. Yeah. You know, you need two guys. Well, it, uh, it, Mark says he loves you, so uh, we <laughs> love. That's my guy. We love you too, Tooch. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like I said, tune in here and, and and we'll send you notifications when we go live. Tooch will win you some money on bets. I need I to just, pay more I just attention dropped to three, it. I just dropped three plays. Let me uh, flash them up here. Lions, Lions Rams, over Rams over. No, no, the uh, the no, total over, over on the total. Okay. Lions Rams over. Uh, Illinois minus nine versus Maryland, and tomorrow, man, Niagara minus six and a half versus Siena College Basketball. That unload on that one. Niagara versus Siena. Yeah, one team on that is one, good. I might one have team to is call one eight hundred gambler. <laughs> worst in uh, worst in college basketball. Well, so th- there you have it, folks. Tooch will give you points and win you some money on his betting show. I believe it goes Friday yeah. nights. I gave um, out the under last night, Chiefs and Dolphins. That hit. Yeah. Free play. Free play last night. Um, I forget what the other free plays were. Y'all got to start uh, pulling that audio for me, man, because yeah. I, I listen it's on It's on podcast. your Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I listen on podcasts. I, I know. So I can turn Just my phone off. Just let it run on, on Twitter. <laughs> okay, you turn your phone <laughs> off. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Sean had uh, uh, Chiefs minus four and a half versus Dolphins. That hit. Um, Anthony had Browns minus two versus Texas. That didn't work out too good. Mm. And uh, tomorrow, dog of the day is Steelers plus 10 versus the Bills. Ah, shit. 
Well, I mean, maybe they'll hit it because the weather's so damn bad there won't yeah. be any points. That 10 points <laughs> is a lot of points in a game. I mean, uh, yesterday, though, not notwithstanding the Texans game, but, yeah. you know. Well, it is what it is. We'll, uh, we'll, Like I said, we'll be back around combine time and talk some draft. But until then, we'll just leave everybody with a bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.